0: Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fuelled by Guinness, powered by Celery. The show that feels like emigrating after losing to the Scousers at Anfield yesterday and perhaps enabling their first title for 29 years. Um, It is written in the Book of Revelations that when Liverpool look like they might win their first title in 29 years, so that their red acolytes spew forth such insufferable nonsense, arrogance and bile the civilized world will meet its final and complete destruction so has it been written all things must pass repent all ye sinners yep it's
2: been nice in your
0: yep exactly the thing that many of us have been dreading for 29 years took one step closer to reality yesterday and worse it may have been aided and abetted by chelsea's inability to draw with liverpool let alone beat them for this crime, Chelsea are undoubtedly sinners and must repent. It feels like we have let the football world down. But, in truth, was it really as bad as it feels? Yes. Sarri meekly employed Hazard as a false nine, but it was all working to plan until Rudiger was forced off through injury. But whatever Klopp said to his side during the lemon break, and whatever Sari s- did not say to his... The result was profound, with Liverpool scoring twice in three minutes, uh, about ten minutes into or five minutes into the second half. However, instead of sen- surrendering, Chelsea could well have got back into the game. But the facts don't lie, and as in so many away matches this season, they did not, and the shame is ours to carry. The Chelsea fancast number 459, the end is nigh a biblical apocalypse. And... You know, to the end of the world show, there is probably no better people to have on your side in the trenches than the Right Honourable the Lord Jonathan Kidd.
2: Lovely to be on the show, Chidge.
0: Yeah, I'm, bit, I'm, I'm in
2: the trenches with it. I'm, I'm assuming a little Cockney character.
0: I'd say you're assuming the Baldric uh, role in some respects to my Edmund yes, Blackadder.
2: That's exactly what I'm doing, Chidge. Thanks very much indeed. I'm feeling, <laughs> feeling, but I'm feeling a bit morose at the same time. Because that's what happens when we lose to uh, top six teams. I'll get morose. Indeed.
0: So I am. Indeed. Now, uh, if we're going down the Blackadder route, I would say that uh, uh, Mr Glover would have to be the general Melchett of the quartets, really.
1: Meh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meh. Um yeah, good evening. It's, oh, um, hello.
0: It'd be lovely to lovely
1: to hear your dulcet tones, mate. Is. In fact, it was
0: even lovelier to actually see you in the flesh uh a week ago. No, it was um, only a week ago, mate. Was it only a
1: week ago? Yeah, the West Ham game. Yeah, yeah. So it was really good and um uh yeah, it's good to be back, obviously. Uh, although in you know, i I'd rather it was in better circumstances, to be quite honest with you. Because well, we are gonna be forced to talk about oh arguably our our second biggest team that we don't like, I suppose, but uh, after the other one, whose name I shall not mention. Indeed.
0: I mean, you know, I, I, it, it's... It, I, well, we'll get into this later, but I think actually that it's not quite as bad as it all seems, but there we go. Uh, and last, but by no means least, the... Uh, I mean, do you know what? I can't even remember. The, who, who, who was the Hugh Laurie character, Dan?
3: I can't remember. I thought I looked more George. like Bullstrix. George. George.
0: I think George was rather stupid, so I think that's unfair to, to label... Uh, uh, Dan as George. I think we'll go for the Tim McInery, uh character, who ah, was Darling. Mel- yes, exactly. Hello, darling. Dan, Hello. darling, how are you, mate?
3: Uh, very well, yourself.
0: I'm all right, mate. You know, I tell actually, you know what. I, I've been feeling like shit all day. I've been really tired. i been working like a dog for the last god knows how long. And I was thinking, I just don't have the energy for this. And within five minutes, talking to you three, I'm already feeling better. I hope that applies to the lovely people listening into the show tonight live and for those that will be listening to the podcast at a later date. Now, uh, without further ado, on the show tonight, we're going to be looking at Sarri's tactics, Inet refereeing, Salah cheating, Ruda going off, Chelsea perennially leaking goals between the 45th and the 60th minute to try and explain what went wrong and could it have all been very different. In part two, it's Operation Get the Vote Out for the Football Blogging Awards and we announce the next Hyundai Extra Mile winner and have an interview with him uh, before asking, are Chelsea simply not good enough? Have we become too entitled or does it just hurt like hell losing to Liverpool? And can we still make the top four in spite of yesterday's defeat? Uh, we also look at some foul behaviour by both Liverpool players and their fans. And in part three, uh, we look ahead to Thursday's Europa League, uh, League second leg quarter final against Slavia Praha, where Chelsea. Actually, they sound like a like the kind of team that Alan Partridge would manage, aren't they, Slavia <laughs> Praha? Slavia Praha? Oh, there you go. I'm on a um, roll already. There you go. So there we go. We've got Slavia Prague coming up on Thursday. Chelsea, of course, have got a slender one nil lead. Uh, but they can beat uh can they beat Slavia in fact? And can they go on to win the cup? All this, plus this week's loads of parish notices, and of course in part four as ever, uh, we've got several emails uh to read out and some questions for us to answer. Now, don't forget uh you can listen to the show live every Monday at seven o'clock. 7 pm by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea. Hi from Fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. <laughs> what are you laughing at?
1: <laughs> So, put a cracker up on there, but obviously when you were going in. Yeah? Oh yeah, yeah. Have uh, you seen what he said? Uh, yeah, he said God in the pilot. Oh, I'm sorry, I hit the wrong fucking button.
0: I know exactly. <laughs> I, I did. I chuckled at that myself. Well, well oh. done, Right, you can also tweet us, of course, at Chelsea Fancast anytime you like during the show or not. And uh, if you want to talk to us about what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea, we will try and respond. Right, we'll be getting right into the meat and two veg of this in a very short while. Goodness me, where does one start? I mean, actually, on you know normally I pick up on a on a big meaty theme to kick the show off with, but I'm not going to this week. I'm kind of I've gone all kind of chronological, really, in a sense. Um and uh, you know, it was, it was a bit difficult for me. I mean, some would say it's always a bit difficult for me, but that would be unkind probably. But I was doing the uh you know, the Love Sport Fans forum between three and seven yesterday. So I had that awful, horrific job of trying to present a radio show whilst at the same time keeping an eye on the football. And it's really difficult. It's impossible, in fact. And even though Chelsea are on the box, I mean, so I actually missed all the big key things and had to wait for Sky to replay them. Um, So it was a bit irksome, really. Um, But you do get a kind of an interesting... i tell you what, you get an interesting perspective when watching a game with two people who are not Chelsea fans and not Liverpool fans, I hasten to add. You know, you get quite an objective view. But, I mean, I talked to them beforehand saying that... uh, you know, we were playing this false number nine. Um, and actually, you know, Marco, didn't he, Jonathan? Marco suggested that that's what. My, was it you who suggested it on Friday? I can't remember. It might be. Was saying, I, it. it was you, wasn't I, it?
2: Yeah, fair the, play. You got the team completely right.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. To be I, fair, I think Marco did as well. I think we both did. I thought it was pretty obvious that he'd attempt to play that, given. Uh, um, uh, and bring on uh, one of Higuain or uh, Giroud later on in the second half to just to add impact, but um, as it happened, we'll get on to it, he brought on Igor uh, and he, he didn't add anything at all. But you, but you know, know what, Jonathan? I thought it was, it was working. It was working, it was for working for you, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah. it was. I mean,
0: this is the thing. I mean, we could be sniffy about it after the fact, but I tell you what, mate, and I mean, this is the this is the worst thing about doing radio, go and listen to the whole show again. And I was quite, well, you know, like we expected it. That's okay. Can understand why he's doing it. He'll try and, you know, defend and catch him on the break. You got to say, Jonathan, it was working for the first half.
2: I mean, it's interesting. It wasn't actually Cerismo at all, was it? It no. was just it was Chelsea playing the way they normally play against Liverpool, which is the way that Mourinho played when we when we had the great Gerard slip. He, in fact, Mourinho played even more defensively defensively and broke. Did you and, read uh, that?
0: Did you read that brilliant piece by Miguel Delaney uh, this week about that match in 2014, where where he went into granular detail about the match and. And the prep for it, and apparently Mourinho was had them practicing time wasting for a whole week before the match.
2: Do they need to uh, to practice that kind of thing? I thought that came naturally to Mourinho. I,
0: I, well, I don't know, but I just thought it was brilliant. Actually, oh, interesting. Yeah, it um, fascinating.
2: Yeah, I, I actually thought that initially that Rudiger's injury was a tactical one because he didn't seem to hurt himself, and then obviously he twisted his knee in the first um, the first impact, didn't he? With uh, who did he fall over with? Was it Firmino? Um, uh,
0: yeah, or, or I think it might be Mane, but I mean, he, 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 he got clipped by Mane, didn't he, quite early on, certainly within half an hour.
2: But I it did. not fell over his own feet. Yeah, he because, did. Well, it, but, he, but he'd been pushed into it,
0: by Yeah, Yeah. Well, Sane, Sane clipped the back of his heel, which then made right. him clip his leg. And he, you're right, he tripped himself up. But uh, I mean, I, I say this with unusual authority for me because I've just had my dinner and I've been watching it back on the telly. Well, uh, I, only got into, I only got to about 35 minutes, so I, everything's a blank after that. But. I didn't think he was that badly injured then, but clearly he must have been I I'll be honest with you, mate. I think um I mean Tony, I'll go to you actually. I mean I, I thought uh Rudiger going off was crucial because as I said, you know, we can all sit here with, with you know uh, our kind of uh you know oh fuck, I've got forgotten the bloody word. Um anyway, we can all we can all be wise after the event, going thank you. Twenty twenty hindsight, exactly what I was the word I was struggling for. Um, but as I said, I actually think that the plan was working in the first half and I thought Rudiger was excellent and we defended really well. But I really did think it made an impact him going off, I said as much, on the radio show. I thought, oh God, you know, that as Christensen's good, but Rudiger's been very good recently. And I think maybe that was the case.
1: I think so. Uh, I'll say two things uh, about Rudiger. Number one, I think he's been our best defender by country mile this season. Uh, number two, he should be the captain um, because he has attitude and he, he shouts and and he he, he gets in people's faces. Um, he's,
2: got, he's got terrible attitude, Tony, hasn't he, occasionally? I'm no. By, no. He, get, he gets away no, with it. absolutely he
1: disagree with you 100%. Said.
2: No, he goes into
1: people's faces. Yes. really rather nasty to them. Yes. Well, that, we want a bit of that, don't exactly. we? We want that. No, I don't going to jump in on JT. One, one at a time, one that's- at a time. That is absolutely what we've been missing this season. We've been missing some bollocks and some spine and some spirit and fight, you know. And I think, actually, oh, sorry, I've got so you've reverse ferreted me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What's a reverse ferret? (laughs) (laughs) Somebody throws your own argument back in your own face. Oh right, right, right. to, to as him, the as saying, the uh, as
0: the unofficial as the unofficial referee, I think I can clarify this by saying you are actually
1: agreeing with each other. Yeah. Is that better?
2: Oh, yes, thank you. Jolly he's good.
1: Tony, carry on. Um, my point is, is that I think he's got everything that we've been missing this season from a lot of the players. We've been missing nice guys. It's no red cards. Not that red cards are something, but they do show that people, you know, when you look back at the teams we've had in the past, like, look, Rudiger was, uh, I didn't think, I, I would disagree, I don't think it was working, I think it was holding them at bay, Yeah, I um, hated the idea of false nine, I detested it, I, you know, when we've got, um, we've got a lump in Hawaiian and we've got at least got um, Giroud who will cause defenders problems. He'll stretch them. He'll run them into. He'll run into spaces. He works really well with Hazard. And to, you know, to go down the route that he's gone down, I, I think Higuain, frankly, is a dead loss. He's just not who who I thought he was. And I'm pretty sure Sarri's probably. Well, he must be thinking that. Um, but actually, that made a big difference. And I think our heads probably dropped a little mm. bit. at that. Well, because I, th- I think he's so much of a leader, Rudiger. Um he's been he was phenomenal in the last few games. Um and even in the games where we've lost, he has been the one that's been you know almost self flagellating himself out on the pitch for, for, for not being in the right position or, you know, taking the blame for other players. So I think it was a very, very um uh, critical. I really hope he's not out for long, but um, I'm not sure at this point in the season it makes that much difference, really. Well, I, it does, because we've still got stuff to play for, so well, I would we argue... Well, they've
2: no, been I... saying they're going to get Cahill back in, but what's happened to Ampadu? Would Ampadu not replace him? Well,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, no, to be fair, I think it was only Marco that was saying that Cahill might be back on, on right. Thursday. Dan, um, you know, I think Tony does make a good point, and I, I'm just trying. I'm trying to be very balanced tonight. It's not like me, but I'm going to try rather than spit because i am very fucked off about the fact that we've lost to liverpool and i don't want to allow that yet to cloud my judgment but i think tony does make a good point dan because you know whilst i can see the sense in us doing it and jonathan and marco called it on friday i didn't by the way but um there are limitations to it uh you know we seed possession um we did have a few chances you know it wasn't completely chanceless. But, I mean, Hazard doesn't really like playing there. He doesn't have the discipline to play there. Hudson-Odoi ends up playing on the right. Why didn't he play on the left? Where he's, according to Sarri, he's better. So there was a lot, you know, there was a lot to question about it, wasn't there? Tony's got a point, I think.
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, also, we've got to bear in mind, this is probably the best Liverpool team in the Premiership era. So, you know, I didn't expect to get much out of the game. But I don't know why He, he changed stuff. We've had two or three very good performances in the league. No goals conceded, playing with a striker and, and wingers. And he, he goes and changes and reverts the type, pretty much. We're just slow football, Jorginho kept getting caught in possession. There's no outlet. Every time, that you know, Callum Hudson-Odoi looked a little bit overwrought by the occasion. But every time he got the ball, he looked up, nobody to put a cross into. Yeah, well, there you go. It's just there's a whole you know it's it's, it's very sort of typical of you know not his game scenario.
0: really not not Hudson odois game at all no, is it not no. ha- not
3: Hazard Hazard was outstanding against West Ham playing playing his best position yeah. you know he's, he's got this whole you know theory that you, you know two of the best players we've got playing out of position essentially although Hazard could do a job not against a top you know defense like Liverpool Liverpool mm. got phenomenal defense Van Dijk barely gives anybody an inch yeah no, yeah no one's dribbled past him all season. You know, he'd have Hazard in his pocket the entire game. You know, hitting long balls up to Hazard, absolute waste of time. I just don't get Kante. Kante should be playing next to Jorginho as a cover of the pivot. So it gives him a bit of protection. It, just, it was just, a, as soon as I saw him, I thought we'd get a point, we'd be lucky. You know, as, as, as um, Tony said, it was keeping them at the bay while they playing particularly mm. well. I really didn't think we created that much. Edison made a very routine save from Hazard. We hit the post. Well, J- no, let's let's get, get onto the second half
0: later yeah. because I, I'm just I, more I like a
3: general. Yeah, to...
0: no, no, I I, I yeah. hear what and you're also, saying.
3: And also, both the goals didn't really come from defensive mistakes. You know, like arguably the Power America have done better to stop the ball, and there's nobody coming in from the the right side to stop Mane. And the second goal was an absolute worldie from Salah.
0: Well, so really, mm, yeah, you know, I, I, were, I, 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 I I I would question certainly some of the defensive stuff in that. But look, before I get into that, Dan, I just want to get our resident referee here because i tell you what really pissed me off and it's funny actually because i've just been watching it back as i said so you know i kind of picked up things that i missed first time round. but uh, jonathan has a, uh, absolutely clattered at every available opportunity clearly deliberate we've seen it before oliver did nothing and i'm amazed by that because i actually think that oliver is the best of a very bad bunch of referees it, it and, and hang on <laughs> hang on hang on and <laughs> salah blatant dive and, and nobody said a flaming... I mean, do you know what? Do you know how bad it is? The only person who said anything about salad diving was Adrian Flaming Durham today. That's how bad it's been. And he'll do anything to find an argument.
3: What's going before, on, Jonathan? Quick point, And the disgusting... Um, so being, yeah, doing well, you know, on, has it? It, it's interesting you say
0: that because I saw it back uh, literally 25 minutes ago. And... You know, the still that we saw or the gif that was up made it look like he was deliberately, you know, fluting onto, onto Hazard and the medical team. But actually, the camera angle I saw didn't look as clear-cut. But I, I'm prepared to take the benefit of the doubt and say he's being a shit. Anyway, Jonathan, from, tell me about was, the refs.
2: From what I saw, it, Oliver was standing over it, over him, what's the word, doing with your nostrils, letting your fluting. nostrils breathe. Um,
1: uh, he's getting rid of your snot and mate. saw it
2: and did a kind of um, uh, gesture as if to say oh that's disgusting but didn't do anything about it it was the fact that he moved towards the Chelsea player that was so bizarre
0: well it did um, look dodgy didn't it
2: it was so dodgy he he's, he was a big disappointment Oliver wasn't he I he's know. Supposed, to be, supposed to be our favourite he's the man who, who uh, warned Herrera uh, about the uh, serial fouling in Man United and sent him off um, and he's the man who we always think, no, he's good at that. He watches for that, and he paid no attention to it's, it at all. It, it was, was just, sorry, it was systematic. Yeah, it was a complete system. It was, it yeah. was serial. Uh, ser- it was, it, well, not serial fouling. It was, it was different people fouling him. It was serial fouling in the sense that uh, um, one person would do it, and then the other one would 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 come across. He and didn't do even it. give a foul for that first one by Fabinho on Hazard. Astonishing. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know what does he get over. Do, they shouldn't get overcome by the situation. But yeah, that was a very poor refereeing. Uh, mm. um, uh, Didn't ex- help. That's sure. Everybody. But the, as you say, the, uh, the the Salah just leaping forward was was once again absurd. I mean, I always wonder, Cheat. Um, Wonder what the linesmen are doing in this situation. Yeah. Surely one would have seen it. I don't get. They don't. You don't seem to get linesmen pointing out to the referee um, that somebody's dived. Whether that's not in their remit, um, it's normally just the referee himself. Whether a linesman should have that power and say, "I've just seen a blatant dive," to the referee, who then should deal with it accordingly, because it's, wow. uh, it's a it's a blot and it's something that Salah just tries to do. Whatsoever. Well,
3: he's, it,
0: Jonathan, he's a blatant cheat, and it's been proven time and time again. And I mean, look, I know it might sound a bit hypocritical. We've had Chelsea players who dive, and we we laugh, but you know, if if Hazard if Hazard basically doesn't. Uh, um, you know, get uh, protection from referees because they think that he's diving. How on earth, you know, does Salah not get called up when it's blatantly diving? Anyway, Dan, I know you were desperate to come in on something. So, Dan.
3: No, I was just saying, pretty much agree with Jake. I think they're the kind of fouls that weren't quite yellow cards. And they had a player done it twice. Who'd been well, what about you free saw. kicks?
0: He didn't even give a free kick for that first one.
3: No, but the, the other ones were kind of just like those really kind of like niggly fouls that yeah. aren't quite yellow cards. You know, kind yeah. of, you know, almost... Clever. Yeah, clever free kicks. They're not quite dirty for yellow cards, especially as a first tackle. They're, you know, just like trips and scrape the ankles and so on. And I don't think we oh, ref had a particularly bad game in first, you know. He didn't see the dive, although, you know, retrospective action, not when it comes to Liverpool. I mean, it was, it was a clear, clear dive. Yeah. just, you know, there's seven double standards in football,
0: but that's a you know, debate for a whole other show. He's a bit of a shit, isn't he, Salah? I'm not a massive fan yeah. of him, I've got to be honest. Um, right, now, Dan was picking up on this a minute ago, actually, and I just want to talk about the two goals because, I mean, again, interestingly, I had a, a different perspective because I had, I had Matt Beadle and Dave Seeger in the studio with me. One's a Man United fan, one's an Arsenal fan. And, I mean, I was, I was busy spitting my you know, dummy out of the fucking mouth, basically, when it was going on. But they actually, they picked up on this. I mean, actually, Matt's really good because he was he was spending a lot of time watching the game while while I was, you know, talking nonsense, of, as always. Um, but he, you know, picked up on the fact that uh, Emerson was arguably culpable for both of the goals, really. I mean, he, he allowed himself to get bullied by Salah uh, for the first one. Um, and uh, got rinsed. Well, could have closed Salah down, arguably, for the second. I, I accept that it was, a, it was a hell of a shot. But even so, he could have been closed down. But of course, they also made that point that uh, where was Jorginho in all of this? I mean, he was a bit anonymous, certainly in, in, in tackling Henderson for that cross. Tony, I mean, I, I, I so, as I said, I thought it was really interesting to get their perspective. It wasn't just me throwing my toys out the pram. No, but
1: we, we know Jorginho isn't particularly clever defensively. Um uh you, you could argue maybe there were, there were I think, at the first goal, I, I counted about three players that could have edited that ball in, to be quite honest. They could you know, uh, the run marked. Um, the second goal, I think you are being a bit churlish. i i', I even, a hard man, Tony. Yeah, even before he did actually, you know, smash it, I didn't think he was going to. I think even when you watch it on the replay, you would say that's, you you have to do, it's going to have to be a worldie to, 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 to to be our keeper for that. And it was now, you know, he, he's a a cheating player, but you know, and he's known for diving. Um, But every one of our 11 players that went on that pitch would have known that surely.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, And so you, you don't go into that game and think, well, you know, yeah, he's he's been he's been misjudged or whatever. I mean, if you take into consideration the West Ham game, where Hazard, uh, after we'd scored our, our first goal, after we'd scored the goal, to, uh, about three or four minutes later, blatant penalty, absolutely, absolutely pushed off the ball uh, in their penalty area yeah. and not given. Yeah. Did he complain? No. no. He looked. He, he looked around, but we were all screaming yeah. at it, saying that is an. Uh, if you can't give a penalty for that, now with, in Salah's case he's a, you know, he's, oh, he's geez. arguably, really, yeah, he's cheap. Got forward, but, but yeah, but you know, you look at Klinsman, you could look at Drogba in his first season yeah. for, for doing this sort of stuff. Um, I think I'm always wary of, of, of going into that sort of debate with somebody when we equalised against Cardiff with a, an offside goal that was about six well, that's offside. not. Yeah, but that's not cheating. It's yeah, not cheating, but you, you can Paul argue... That's just poor refereeing. Yeah, it's poor refereeing. And, and them not spotting that yesterday was poor refereeing. You see it... We yeah, see. But that was
0: also, yeah, but it was also cheating yeah, because it was Salah cheating, dived.
1: What I'm saying is, is that I don't, you know, the people in glass houses... Yeah, no, uh, no, and I did say
0: that. I said I feel yeah. slightly uncomfortable because we've had plenty of players yeah. who do it too, but
2: yeah.
1: the reality... I mean, yeah, but what I, have look, you, got, you got? Semantics, mate. He'd referee should have spotted it. I agree. he has got a booking at most, and I think you know next season um, we'll see VAR as a welcome addition to the League. Hell yeah! yeah. Uh, because if, even for the naysayers, uh, it, it will sort that sort of shit out, and it will sort out some of the shit about people, you know, shirt pulling and all that stuff goes on, um, which which gets blindsided. Blindsided. The referee, all very clever at it and whatever. You. Um,
2: you wonder, but, Tony, whether it's going to affect the corners because that's just just accelerated the game. just laughing. at the world. We're not. Up.
1: Not our not no, it's because cool. unfortunately it's we don't that first man, JK, like it. it doesn't it be be different.
2: Different. We, we don't ever have any of
1: that going on, do we? Uh, No, um, it's a good point,
0: JK, because there's all sorts of, I mean, you know, it, yeah. it's become a, I mean, this is not exactly new, I mean, I'm sure all of us will remember the uh, the home leg against Inter Milan, um, against Mourinho's Inter Milan, when, oh, uh, well, what was his name? Oh, God, oh God, I'm getting senile dementia, mate. Um. Horrible, horrible centre back for Inter Milan. He was Zenger, maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. the goalkeeper. No, That's the goalkeeper. You know the yeah. one, I mean. But yeah, he was yeah. rugby tackling Drogba in the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and nothing but was being done. And then there was the there was the what was going on in the World Cup in the summer yeah. where you know it's a ta- and we were blocking people off earlier yeah. in the season. It was a very, very you know definitely a tactic yes. that we
1: employ at but corners. Can I, can I just say that on the Salah diving cheating thing? Yes. Yeah, Let's just put Mourinho in charge of our team. Mourinho was obsessive about looking at the other team, researching them, seeing what they did. Every one of them players going onto that pitch, even if they knew, and they knew in the back of their mind, that that was likely to happen, he would have drilled them. He would have absolutely drilled them to say you either get in there and you don't go near him. Yes, you make it obvious and we get a decision that way. Or you do what you did to Sturridge a couple of years ago when 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 he played for City, and you would keep on and on at him until he loses his bag. And and I don't think Sarri is doing that. I just no. don't think he's. I don't think he's researching. I'm not saying he's got to be obsessive in the same Mourinho way, but some basic research. Well, he's very Wenger-like. Basic, he, he doesn't yeah, worry he doesn't about how the City's team's playing. Like yes, it, it is. It's very much like that. It's that my system is my system. Uh, oh look at me! I've adapted it slightly with this false nine, uh, and. I, I just, you know, we're going to come on to him later on, but I think you can guess where but I'm he, going with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
2: But he hasn't got the personality to do that, hasn't he? We're not going to look at him. He's not going to, to implement the dark arts, is he? There's nothing about him that gives no. you the idea that he'd ever even time waste. And I just I can't see that in him at all. No, he just not in his. Except, na- watching him, not in his nature, which is, he, you know, he's he's, he's he's so tactically obsessed. He's not yes. actually thinking in terms of uh, I know he's, what we could do. We could. We could kick the ball out every time and take ages taking taking throw-ins. I mean, yeah. one of my one of my memories of Inter playing at Stamford Bridge was the the the, uh, the way that one of them would do that thing of of going to take the throw-in and then putting the ball down and walking away. And somebody yeah. else would walk up behind him and take, to go to take the throne, and him putting the ball down, and then somebody else would then come come up. It was like some yeah. kind of comedy routine. And it yeah. was completely, typically, Mourinho time-wasting. we referee, referee doing nothing about it. And it was and just an obvious tactic. And I, 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 ever, I think I think possibly
1: Sarri, Sarri. Sarri has a very Corinthian attitude in a very yeah, not non-Corinthian not right. game. Because yeah, it, it hasn't, hasn't been that bad. way for years, JK. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good, a good point. point. OK. I've just got a really excellent
0: tweet. Not tweet. Sorry, post from Kurt on Mixler who says so many times in the last few matches uh, have we allowed a Liverpool player to hit a missile from the top of the penalty box? I can remember Coutinho, uh, Henderson, and now Salah. And of course there was Sturridge, wasn't there earlier on the season? Now, Dan, uh, Dan, um, one thing I want to discuss. I mean, basically, you know, whatever Klopp said at half time. uh, I mean, talking about managers identifying, you know, tactical weaknesses and and trying to expose that. uh, To be fair. Uh, to Klopp and to give him his due I think he clearly did that Liverpool came out very differently in the second half and I don't think we could cope with their intensity for the first 10 to 15 minutes and lo and behold that's when we conceded the two goals um, you know the the really clever uh, French bloke on Twitter Seb something I can never remember his name but he tweeted this out yesterday these are the goals that we've conceded between the 45th and the 60th minute uh, this season Marshall in the 55th Townsend in the 53rd Son in the 54th Jimenez in the 59th, Vardy in the 51st, King in the 47th, Aguero in the 56th, Jimenez in the 56th, Richarlison in the 49th, Camar- Camarasa in the 46th, and then Mane and Salah, 51st and 53rd. Um, there's a problem there, isn't there, Dan?
3: Yeah, I see that's probably half the goals we conceded this season. Yeah. You've still got a fairly good defensive record, despite you know, yeah. you know, the 6-0 in at Man City. Is it fitness? Is it concentration? I just don't know. It's something, isn't it? it? Yeah, but maybe
0: maybe it is what Tony's saying, Dan. You know, you know as I said, I, I think, you, you know, to be really fair and hold our hands up here, I, Klopp clearly said something at half-time, picked something out. But maybe he's not alone here. Maybe, he, well, there are two theories. One of them is quite hilarious that was going around on Twitter. But maybe Sarri, as we were saying, he doesn't bother about how the other team are playing. He just bothers about how we're playing. And let's face it, we were doing okay. Okay, Rudiger was a setback. Uh, so maybe said, "Well, keep going, keep going as you are." And of course, Klopp has to look at it and says, "Hang on a minute, this is what they're doing. You need to do that, 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 and that, and we'll get, you know, we'll get a result by doing that." The, the other theory, hang on a minute. The other theory, of course, is that Sarri goes out for a few fags at half time and doesn't do any talking. But that could <laughs> oh, be yeah. unkind. That could be unkind. Anyway, Dan, you answer first, then Jonathan.
3: Uh, well, the levels of managers. I mean, Klopp's, you know, significantly better manager. I just, don't, I just don't see Sarri motivating people, getting any kind of oomph, like previous managers have done. He just looks so insipid, you know, pre-match interview, we played okay. I don't know how managers say that. We lost 2-0. I want him to be angry. Yeah, I want him to kind of, you know, look, look at where we keep going wrong. You know, we're yeah. 35 games into the season. We have a real Achilles' heel at the start of the second half. Indeed. That's clearly, clearly, clearly a problem from the coach.
0: Uh, well, just... yeah, you could argue that. Jonathan, what were you, you know, going to you know, chime so up it, with?
2: Isn't it pretty obvious that the, the team that wants to win and is, is in line to win the title are going to come out after half the time uh, yes. and get at you. You know right, Everton so, um, it just seems to, so. What, what about yeah, Everton? What what what? Yeah, what what? what, what practically, uh, so many other sides have done it as well. I think yeah, it's not just. It. I don't think, I think, that's well, no, I just think it's a it's a get in their faces thing. Why does the team find it so difficult to react to that? They surely must be aware that this is what is going to happen. You know they should then have the have have a, an attitude. Was you know they shall not pass. We'll we'll dig in. You know I mean I I, I, I think that the um as you said earlier the 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 uh, the Rudiger injury actually was was more was more harmful to the team. I think Christensen looked a bit cold. Apparently he spent the whole of the the halftime um, uh, break uh, warm, trying to warm up because he didn't feel that he was on the uh, he was still on the pitch doing it. Who's yeah, was, his, he was in that up, team? So dig us yeah. out a hole? No one. No, no, one. no, indeed, indeed. Well, I just don't. Wow, an, wow. I, feel, I feel I feel Dave would have a go because Dave was Dave's really not, up for it. Dave's, Dave's first, not a captain. Dave's yeah, but hang two. on, his, hang his on, hang half, on, hang on. Half though his first half was really inspiring. He was absolutely up for it and uh, yeah, and and defended wonderfully in the first half. Uh, uh, I know and that. Le- um, yeah, sorry, chief. No, no, that? sorry, mate. You finish your point. Go on. No, I was going to say that uh, a couple of people on Twitter said that no, he was easily bypassed, but I didn't see it. I thought, you know, he took that got that yellow by by going after Mane. I thought he was. Um, I yeah. thought that was that was one of one of his his better defensive performances in the first half. I, he I, was I, up I, for it. Yeah, very much. definitely I, up for it. But you just wonder what what does happen if the team just gives in to this? Exactly but I, 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 I'm aspect. not.
0: I'm not entirely sure that this is true. I I, I think this is coming from our emotional centre, really, because the reality is is that, you know, when we did go 2 go I mean, it was almost back-to-back, wasn't it? Within four, four minutes, we were 2-0 down. Uh, so we hadn't even had time to think about the first one by the time the second one had gone in, and it was one of those fuckers, isn't it? You know, when you when you concede a goal like that, and I mean, OK, I'm being a bit harsh on, on Emerson or Jorginho, perhaps, but, you know, sometimes you've got to look at it and go, well, what are we supposed to do about that? But we didn't fold like we did against Everton. You know, Hazard almost immediately after that hits the post. That goal goes in. It's a different game.
2: Yeah, yeah. And in fact, the I felt that Liverpool were at their most vulnerable in that fifteen-minute period, and that we should have scored and we yeah. should have equalised because something happened to them. They almost got goal crazy. They thought, oh, we can score. Everybody yeah. we can score as many goals as we like. They completely lost their shape. And we went up a gear. Yeah. And as you say, that was very impressive. Actually. And that was, was Hazard leading that. Minutes. Yeah, he was absolutely leading. And it was such a shame he didn't hit, He didn't score when he hit yeah. the post because that would really have set the cat among the pigeons. And he
0: could have scored another one.
2: Indeed you he could have I mean, it's absolutely. afterwards.
0: Absolutely. You know, it could have been a different game. I mean, coulda, woulda, shoulda. And I think Marco tweeted this. And he's absolutely spot on, isn't he, Tony? You know, we can say that all day long. Uh, but the reality is we didn't score and we got beaten. But... Um, i i i'm just gonna you know talk about hudson adoy for a minute here tony because mm. you know we, we, he, he's he been you know a row I mean, this is the third start i think in a row which is something for yeah. a mm. youngster of that age he's clearly a brilliant talent got huge potential we all want him to stay desperately but the number of times we've said on this show you know you can't you know you could, can't bank on an 18 year old to get you out of the shit because they're young they're gonna have off days and You know, either he was marked out of the game very well. I think the point that somebody made earlier on on here that, uh, you know, if he plays on the, you know, if he plays his game and you don't play a striker, you kind of take out his effectiveness is also true. But, uh, you know, he didn't really get much of a chance to shine at all, you see. But do you think he was overwhelmed?
1: No, I think he was just, um, he'd been playing in, uh, uh, if you like, our best formation for the last couple of games that he started. And then, you know, false nine. Changes it, like you oh, yeah. said, he was playing out on the right when we know he's probably better coming in from the left. He can he can play both sides. It's a bit like Robin and Duff used to do swap sides. But I think he's better coming in from the left. Um, and, um, you know, this was, you know, when you think about it, what is it who's he played against? He's played Brighton, West Ham and uh, Cardiff, I think. Um, and this is a step up. Liverpool is a step up. Wherever anybody wants to think about it, going to Anfield and playing at Anfield and a step up, or playing against a team that is, that is in with uh, a very good shot winning the league is a step up. Uh, um, I think probably just got crowded out of the game a little bit. It probably got lost in the noise, I think, of of, of, of the whole team. I mean, you've written on the... Uh, we don't script this, folks, by the way. This is all live and improvised. But on the semi-script... It is for said, Tony. <laughs> on the semi-script, you said young players are inconsistent. I would have took the word young out. Um because, you know, all of our players have been yeah, inconsistent this true. season to a degree. And I think it's a bit unfair to pick uh, a guy who's uh, got a very big future at Stamford Bridge and, and within our side, it provided, um, you know, the, the the filthy lucre of a German or Spanish team doesn't tempt him away. Um, and, and, and you know, playing him isn't too little too late. Uh, he'd have learned from that, I think. Um, but... You know, my my, my bigger big problem was him getting taken off and couldn't be in but one. Well, <laughs> I've got a bigger problem with that really. I agree,
0: and and you know what, we we really need to hand this bit over to Jonathan, it's... who I know has very strong feelings about this.
2: <laughs> well, I just I, I just tweeted a lot about. Uh, um,
0: what's uh, what's he got to do with your grand's wellies, mate?
2: Well, I just felt that that my grand's wellies seemed to be what he was wearing, so. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I think she would have done better. He's looking a very sorry individual, isn't he? He looked, what, what did uh, um, Clayton said? He, no, it wasn't Clayton. It was um, uh, uh, um, Paul Crowder, I think, said he looks as if he's, um, uh, he's he, said he said he's got a very nice smile though, hasn't he? He said there is that, <laughs> there is that, there is that saving grace. Ah. But he said as if he's completely out of it. He he looked absolutely off the pace even when he had room he was passing the ball behind yeah. players um he had that one opportunity to uh, have a shot on goal and he took the ball too wide he just it, it's got worse and worse and worse and uh, he shouldn't play him no i don't know really what well. i don't I don't, know, I don't know what he's expecting in that well, game because Giroud, to... Giroud is playing so much better yeah. than him I I've got a theory on this. I've me. got a
0: theory. No, no, I'm going to wait till part two because it's kind of more relevant for then. Just want to wrap this part up, really, because one of the things that I thought about, and and you know, in the hurly burly of the game with all the incidents going on, sometimes it's hard to notice this. But I think this. I think we have a real problem when we play decent teams. And as Tony was saying a minute ago, Dan, you know, let's let's not delude ourselves here. Let's not be scouse like. <laughs> Liverpool are a decent team. Um, and the thing is, uh, it's just that I think our midfield is completely unable to cope defensively uh and I think that that stems from the fact that Jorginho just cannot screen a back four you know he and I think Rio Ferdinand says he can't run he can't tackle you know what is the point of him and I mean basically you know against a decent team who are going to target him and leave you no space or time they run through us like a knife through butter and he's he's not alert to the danger it's tactical suicide isn't it
3: Absolutely. I mean, it's an interesting question put point to you guys, because obviously there were, there were links that Pep was after to How do you reckon he'd fit in the Man City team? I know it's a bit of a digression of what we normally talk about. Well, well they, they've, got, they've,
2: got, for, they've right. got their... Sorry, go on, Jonathan. No, no, good, so I think it's absolutely right, because the same question is for me, how does he fit into the Italian national side? What does he do? What do other people see in him? Well, who does what his is defending is, is the him? question.
0: Yes. Who does his defending?
2: Well, if you had Kante next
3: to him, I think we'd we'll see a much better player.
0: Mm. and I mean you know in yeah. City you've got uh I it's I, I always get Firmino and Fabinho Fer- and Fernandinho Fernandinho thank you Dan I'm seriously yeah. getting uh dementia mate I think that's what's going on but <laughs> well, yeah Fernandinho's gone <laughs> yeah well quite Fer- Fernandinho is the you know would would be the guy who kind of you know is like like his uh like his minder you well, know that's
3: my point he's not he's not a bad player yeah.
0: because
3: Pep was after him Pep you know, you've got to look at City's benchmark for last season. They wanted to buy him. Mm. So clearly, there's a there's a talented player in there, but he's got no protection. He's got no outlet. The amount of times you see him looking up, looking for passes, there's no one there to hit. There's no there's no kind of. Because you know, the star of Sally wants to implement is based on Jorginho, you know, and the other players are. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Complimenting his star. He's, he, he, he's got no one to pass this. He will get caught. He is lightweight, but then, you know, that's. He needs protection. He need put him in a four-two-three-one, which is what we're set to play. He
0: needs to wear a condom, mate. It's as simple as that. (laughs) I just didn't need any protection. Yeah, I know, I completely agree with that. Listen, we're going to whiz off to part two now, because there's loads to talk about tonight, and I'm mindful that Dan needs to go at nine. Uh, but in part two, we're going to look a bit more at the tactics. Uh, and actually, do you know what? I think that's what I thought we were going to do in part one, which is what we have done. Don't worry, we're going to talk about the Football Blogging Awards, uh, the Hyundai Extra Mile. Uh, really, the question is, is uh, you, know, are, you know, are we just simply not good enough? Uh, we'll answer these questions very soon.
1: The only place for Chelsea fans.
2: Footballfancast.com. Real fans, real opinions.
3: I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea.
0: Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast. I mean, bizarrely, uh, it's nothing like getting a few things off your chest. I've got a few things off my chest tonight, and I'm already beginning to feel better after 40 minutes of moaning. It's amazing what it can do. This is what we do down the pub. The only thing that's missing is a few beers, really. Uh, We just have to have a virtual... Well, of course, there's nothing to stop us having a beer. It's just we can't have one together, which is a great shame. Now, enough of me waffling on. We've got important things to talk about. Uh, First of all, don't forget to check the Chelsea Fancast dot com website out lots of good stuff on there um but of course you'll be aware there are people in the amazon rainforest who have yet to be discovered but are aware in fact that chelsea fancast is in the finals of the football blogging awards for the seventh time in eight years or something like that um and of course we've won it twice we won it in 2012 we won it in 2015 uh, so we do have a chance of getting a hat trick and there's some very bright wag pointed out on Twitter last week, "Mm, uh, when you win the Football Blogging Awards, we win a trophy. So, you know, all hope is not lost yet. We may may well win a trophy. Chelsea may well well win a trophy. We may well win the Best Podcast Award. But we'll only do it if you lot out there get your fingers out and vote. Massively important that you vote. I I put an article up on uh, on the website last week to explain why. Unusually for us, I think we go into this as underdogs, there are some... Weirdly, weirdly uh, three Arsenal podcasts in there. One of them is Arsenal Fan TV's own podcast with that, you know, those idiots on there. But also there are quite a lot of what I would call professional podcasts in there. You know, people who uh, professionally run, professionally set up, professionally marketed and do it for the money, not the love. Uh, so it's going to be a hard gig. So we really need you all to get out, get your granny to vote, your sister, your brother, your your pets. I don't care, you know. Do a Harry Redknapp, Rosie forty seven. Get them all voting, you know, because it's massively important that you do. Uh, and if you do, or if you want to vote, this is how you do it: vote on Twitter by tweeting, "I am voting for at Chelsea Fancast in at the FBAS for hashtag Best Podcast," or go to Chelsea Fancast Twitter and you'll find a pin tweet which has a little uh, click to tweet link. You just press that, and it kind of comes up with that uh, that that tweet and then you press go and it tweets. Very easy to do. Uh, you can vote on Instagram uh, by heading to the Football Blogging Awards Instagram page. You click on the relevant best podcast image and you tag our Instagram account at Chelsea Fancast in the comments. Or you can go to the Football Blogging Awards website which is footballbloggingawards.co.uk forward slash vote hyphen now and you choose Chelsea Fancast for best podcast. Or you can vote on the Chelsea Fancast website, which is chelseafancast.com, obviously. And right on the homepage, underneath where all the articles are kind of highlighted, promoted, you'll find a banner or a button And that's on the homepage. You click through to that and you can vote in one go. I think you have to give them your email address, but don't let that worry you. Um, Now, uh, the uh, awards do. The evening will be held at the Etihad Stadium on May the 9th, uh, where the winners will be announced. The votes are open, or they close, at midnight next Sunday, April the 21st. So don't miss out. Make sure you get in and vote for us before then and get everybody you can to vote. Use about a million different computers so they can't track your... uh, IPS or whatever it is address uh you know what to do um and by the way while you're at it you need to vote for the wonderful chums we have over over the pond london is blue podcast who are not uh nominated for the uh best podcast award they are nominated in the uh best international content creator and uh chelsea echo are nominated in the uh best new uh content creator and 100% chelsea are nominated in the best club content creator So there you go. Go and vote for all of them, too. Let's try and get as many Chelsea winners as we can. Go forth and vote, people. It's very simple. Now, uh, those of you who listen to the show regularly will also know that we've been working with um, Hyundai this year uh, in a very worthwhile competition. Apologies to Claire McConnell, who I know is in here because I can see her name in Mixler, but uh, only open to uh, people who are in the UK, annoyingly, because you've got so many uh, overseas listeners, of course. But what they do is that they enable you to bless you they enable you to uh win match tickets and merchandise uh for chelsea if you tell them your story okay in 400 words and you kind of put it on their blog page the links to this you can find on our twitter feeds and facebook feeds uh but we have a new winner uh this month and uh, i was very lucky to uh, to meet him but anyway i'll uh, play this for you now The Extra Mile is full steam ahead now. Hyundai's season-long competition asking Blues fans to submit their story about why they've gone the Extra Mile to show their support for the club. Every month, this competition will reward the most dedicated fans with club prizes including match tickets and club merchandise. At the end of the season, one of the monthly winners will win the ultimate prize for any football fan, the opportunity to travel across Europe to watch each of Hyundai's partner clubs in action. Chelsea, AS Roma... Atletico Madrid, and her to Berlin. The latest winner of Hyundai's The Extra Mile competition is George Richards, a lifelong Chelsea fan whose dedication for the Blues saw him running to Stamford Bridge and back as part of his training for the Paris Marathon. George, absolutely brilliant stuff. Congratulations for winning the Hyundai Extra Mile competition this month. Uh, You must be absolutely delighted.
4: Yeah, I'm over the moon. I could not believe it when I when I got the email him saying that
0: I'd won. Yeah, I mean it's brilliant stuff. It's a great competition actually. We've had a lot of fun, uh, you know, running it with the with the fan cast and uh, and and seeing people win it like yourself. So there you go. So, I mean the real question George first up is is how did you win it? What you know, what was your story? What was your extra mile story?
4: So, so my extra mile story was um last year I ran the Palace Marathon um raising money for my mental health. Uh, I managed to raise over 1000 <clears> pounds. And uh, during training, I was looking for extra motivation. So I'd try and vary my runs. And I ended up running to Stamford Bridge to a game. And then I watched, uh, it was like an FA Cup game against Hull. I ended up watching that game. Um, and then uh, the, like, the game took all my adrenaline out of me. So I decided not to run back on that occasion. Um, but another time I ran to and from uh, the bridge um, from my house. So I did about 20 miles um, as part of my training. Um, yeah, so that kept me motivated. Running to the bridge, definitely.
0: So you you didn't. It wasn't so much going the extra mile. You actually ran the extra miles. I mean, that's that's, that's incredibly <laughs> exactly impressive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it must I must
4: mean, have been
0: well I, I one. <laughs> well, maybe so. That's fantastic. So uh, I mean, fantastic charity as well to run for. I it, mental health is something that you know I'm, I'm quite passionate about because I work in it as well as everything else. But uh, uh, yeah. I mean, blimey, the Paris Marathon. That's uh, why? Why Paris?
4: Yeah, I, I work at um, Eurosport, and I was able to get free entry. I don't, I don't like the burden of having to raise a, like a certain amount of money. So this way, I could, I could do it all on my own, and I, I didn't have to pressure people into sponsoring me, which is a much more relaxed approach to, to running it. I guess it takes the stress out of it. And um, so yeah, the free entry definitely
0: helps. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, well done you. I, I, I mean, anybody who, who's fit enough to run a marathon uh, gets my vote. That's for sure. I think I'd. Probably... I know.
4: I can't agree more. Now I've done it. I know
0: first <laughs> well, there you go. I think I'd probably keel over <laughs> after the first mile, so well done you um so right, let's talk a little bit about about Chelsea and your relationship with yeah. Chelsea um <clears throat> you know how did you how did you come to support Chelsea
4: um so I was born in I was born into it um luckily uh being born in the nineties as well. It, it turned out to be a good time to be born into a Chelsea fan um yeah my my mum, my dad, everyone in my family supports them, so pretty lucky there
0: excellent stuff so does it does it go back quite a way is it is it uh, kind of like you know what 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 generation ge- granddad? grandad so your third yeah, generation granddad. chelsea yeah. then that's, I mean uh, the only yeah bit, i think
4: so. it the, might go further than that well, i don't
0: <laughs> there we go <laughs> that's impressive i mean no it's it's often been a, a subject that we've discussed funnily enough on the fan cast and uh, yeah. you know i know i i, I am i'm am first generation chelsea i'm almost embarrassed to say but uh, I, i've got a lot of the chums on the fan cast who are fifth at least fifth generations. Oh wow. I know it's a, it's wow. amazing. Well, I think somebody's a fifth generation. He might be Dan because he's quite <laughs> young, but uh, it's brilliant I think when you are born into it actually and uh, I think Yeah, you, yeah. You, yeah there's a, there's something special about that and I think that you, you know you can yeah. get it in a way that uh, perhaps other people don't without sounding rude to other people. Um <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, and you can have bond with your family as well well exactly and i mean i suppose did your dad uh did your dad basically took you to, to your first game i would imagine
4: it was my my uncle I had a season ticket so right. he took me um back in 2000 right i went to a derby game uh, not a derby game against derby i mean yeah. and uh we won four nil so the it, it was the best occasion to sort of go and then ever since loved it
0: fantastic have you got a season ticket now
4: no, no, I'm not lucky enough to have one of them at the moment. But one day, who knows? No. Especially if we move stadium or anything like
0: that. Well, indeed, might they,
4: get more opportunity then.
0: <laughs> they are like they are like hens' teeth, George. I, what, what I can yeah. tell you is that there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of season ticket holders who are even older than me. So the chances really? of, the chances of the younger people getting a are getting a ticket are, are getting increasingly higher. I would say because we, yeah, we will know. all be retiring sometime soon. But there you go. Um, <laughs> can you Do you remember anything about the match particularly?
4: Oh, gosh. I remember at the time, I loved uh, Torrey Andre Flo. Mm. That's see, one thing I do remember. And I think he might, he might have scored two, yeah. one or two. I think he definitely scored. So I love that. And it was definitely really sunny as well. Excellent. In May. I think it was in May. Yeah, I'm trying to
0: remember. I think I think I do remember Tori Andre uh, Flo scoring. I, I think you may be right. That excellent stuff. So, um, you know, you've been supporting Chelsea for a good while now. It's sort of getting on for 20 years. Yeah. Um, so what's your fondest memories of supporting Chelsea?
4: Um, I would say obviously winning the leagues. I remember that uh, last game of the season when we won eight nil, that was that was one way to, to wrap it up. Um and one time my cousin was a mascot against West Ham. Um and and I got to sort of go in the Chelsea Hotel before and I met Drogba there, which was that was a, a really good time. Um but that was back in probably when he first signed. So I wasn't old enough to have a phone back then, so I didn't know to get a picture or anything like that.
0: Yeah, that's really annoying, isn't it? I know what you mean. I met a lot of players in the kind of the pre-pre kind of mobile selfie era. And, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and have
4: have no these days. You want the, you want to be able to say you have, and people are like, nah, you don't, mean
0: I, I know it's it's funny, and I mean, yeah, I, I'm lucky now though. I've I've had quite a lot of I've met quite a lot of the players now, so I've I've got a good yeah, good, yeah, good, good yeah. stash of of. Uh, well, I can't stand <laughs> selfies. I'll be honest with you, George. We're a bit too old for that. But like... yeah, no, I'd rather hand the phone to
4: someone else than exactly. Anyway
0: got it in one so that's some that's some astonishing memories there so you know you met you met Drogba what did Drogba have to say
4: um I think, do you know at the time I, I did question his fashion sense I think it changed a lot since then <laughs> but I remember seeing him and thinking my wear he just uh he had like a bucket hat on and baggy jeans and I was like oh that's not what I expected um he he was happy to have a photo or give me a, an autograph but at the time I just didn't have anything for him to be able to give it to me so uh he was nice enough but I, I just couldn't get anything.
0: <laughs> How fantastic. That's brilliant. And uh I mean, you know, you obviously you've seen us win a hell of a lot of things. I mean, if you had to kind of name oh, yeah. you know, your 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 greatest Chelsea memory, what 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 would that be?
4: Yeah, I think it's a given, isn't it? Everyone would probably pretty much say the same thing. It's got to be the Champions League. Yeah. Um I was out in Wimbledon <laughs> at the time in a, a, a like a Chelsea pub there which is close to the bridge and uh and it was just insane what a night. It was
0: it, well I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with you, George, in that at all. I mean, it's it's the great. I mean, I've been watching Chelsea for forty odd years, and uh, yeah. that is still the best night uh, I've ever had. Watching yeah, I don't Chelsea. think it'll be top. No, it won't. The whole be. journey as well. It's just special. It was, wasn't it? And uh, you know, you, you you can't beat winning it the first time. Even if we win it again, it'll still not match the first. So I totally agree with you there. No. So I mean, in terms of uh, you know the kind of. I mean, I suppose. What have you been most proud of? Uh, you know, being a Chelsea fan and supporting the club, and maybe, maybe just proud of the club really. Is it, is it the Champions League, or has there been other things?
4: Um, I, I did enjoy it when we held the uh, points record for a while. Until um, Man City have only gone and uh, got over a hundred, but that was that was a good time um, because whenever an Arsenal fan would talk about being invincible, I'd, I'd always say, "Well, if we were in the same season, then we would have had more points." Um, so that that gave me a little bit of dignity back. I
0: felt. <laughs> yeah, good lad. And I mean, you know, they they all those draws they had, trying not to lose, and of course we I don't. know exactly, indeed, and we beat them in the in the it's Champions points. League. So you know, they, their argument yeah, there you go. exactly, completely in the bin. Um, so you know, <laughs> other than the Champions League, what would you say Chelsea's greatest uh, moment or achievement has been?
4: Um, probably the Mourinho first Premier League title. Mm. That was pretty special. It ended. Um, 50 year without without winning the title, um, and it really transformed us into like a, a world a world star team. Um, it took us to the next level for sure, I reckon.
0: Well, in in, in yeah, I, I think that's absolutely spot on. That was a great feeling, wasn't it? And I, I think you know maybe Roman turning up and uh, and getting Mourinho was perhaps the uh, the greatest achievement because really it's it's just been fant- what a journey for the last kind of 15 or so, so years, hasn't it been?
4: Yeah, I know exactly. It's just just about when my brain is old enough to start remembering things. Everything started going right. so <laughs> perfect. Brilliant stuff.
0: <laughs> and what do you what do you think of this season, George? Um, we started
4: really well. I remember when we played Liverpool. I was thinking to myself, like we put on a really good performance yeah. against them. We should have won. And I was thinking to myself, "Cole, when we have a chance here," and all of a sudden it's just dropped off. Um, but now we've got Santa Fighter in the Champions League places, so I'm hoping that we can finish strong. Um, as I say, I'll be at that Watford game in the last game of the season. I hope it doesn't come down to that, but if it does and, and we get a win and end up getting a Champions League spot, that would be amazing. Um, we've also got opportunities in the Europa as well. Um, and You should clinch the Champions League spot there. So um, I think it's, I think we're going to have a good end to the season. Our recent form would so as well. Yeah, um, So yeah. I'm optimistic about it.
0: Yeah, totally agree with that. I think it's turned round, hasn't it? And uh, playing Loftus-Cheek and Hudson-Odoi... Looks to have helped a bit, but I, I think why not? Oh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling much more positive about finishing top four and or winning yeah. the Europa League than I was maybe a couple of months ago. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be yeah. great fun, I think, for the next uh, couple. Of, well, the last two months of the season, really, isn't it?
4: Yeah, can't wait to see.
0: Excellent. Well, George, uh, I know that we have both got uh, important appointments later on this evening, uh, so I'm, I'm not going to keep you any longer than I have to. But uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say on behalf of everybody at the Chelsea Fancast. You know, congratulations for winning this month's Hyundai Extra Mile competition. Uh, I I don't have to say enjoy the Chelsea Watford game, because by the sounds of it, I know you're going to. So well done, you. Enjoy (laughs) the day out. Thanks so much. uh, Yeah, no problem at all, mate. And good luck. Thank you very much. If you've got a great story to tell of how you've gone the Extra Mile and want to win tickets as well as other great prizes, simply head to the Extra Mile page on the Hyundai blog to enter the competition. There you go. Uh, Great stuff there. That was uh, George Richardson, who's the latest winner in the uh, Hyundai Extra Mile competition, which has been great fun this season. There's only one more to go. So... uh you know, make sure you go to uh, their blog page and enter it. And as I said, you, you have to be in the UK. It's not open to uh, anybody overseas, sadly. Largely due to the logistics, I think. But there you go. Right, back with the football. Uh, and uh, we were kind of asking... Uh, actually, before we get into, um, you know, talking about the football, I just want to pick up on this. Because uh, I know that me and a lot of other colleagues, uh, you know, particularly those on the Trust, were a little bit worried about, uh, you know, whether the Chelsea supporters would... Uh, be respectful of uh, the minute of silence that we were going to have for the uh, you know obviously commemorating the 30th anniversary of the Hillsborough tragedy and uh, I'm delighted to say they were impeccable absolutely impeccable and were noted as such uh, you know at the time dan be quiet anyway i <laughs> to my seat I know the bottom, what you don't know is while that interview is going on, it sounded like Dan was packing up and leaving home, mate, I tell you, I don't know what you're up to, but anyway, yeah, so look, bottom line was, impeccably behaved by the Chelsea faithful, we should never have doubted them, of course, they know what to do when they have to do it, Um, also, of course, brilliant, because they drowned out the uh, awful you never walk alone at the beginning of the match, uh, which they often do by shouting Chelsea, 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 But the same cannot be said for Liverpool fans. I mean, we've already dug their players out, you know, Fabinho for fleeting at Hazard, uh, Salah for cheating and for some pretty nasty tackles going on on Hazard as well. Um, But it seems to me that the Annie Road end have graduated from throwing piss, shit and coins to throwing smoke bombs. Uh, And a smoke bomb landed on, uh, right in the middle, came from the the top tier uh, of the Anfield Road end and landed into the Chelsea end. But of course, managed to, I believe, actually hit uh, a young lad, a nine year old lad. Uh, I'm also told that maybe, I mean, you know, I wasn't there, so I can't, you know, verify this, but apparently a coat was caught light by it or something. But we know definitely that a young lad who was nine years old uh, got hit by it and, uh, you know, had to uh, go to first aid and be on a nebulizer because he's asthmatic and all sorts of stuff like this. Now, the interesting thing about this. Um, I mean, as I said, my my view of the match was slightly, uh, you know, curtailed by the fact I was, you know, presenting a radio show at the time. But I did watch this back last night and uh, apparently the smoke bomb came down from the upper tier just after, I think it was the Salah goal. Uh, But I never saw any smoke bomb on the TV coverage at all. You would never know it existed. There's no news about it or anything. And really, it's only filtering out now. I think Sky had something on it. Sky Sports had something on it. Um, but it's basically being ignored, and this is absolutely outrageous. It's absolutely outrageous. Now, I don't want to get into any kind of whataboutery uh, because you know we've been foul a lot of us this season. I mean, the latest incident being, uh, you know, what was you know sung about Salah in that pub before Prague, and and now we've got news of this young black lad uh, being racially abused there. So you know what? Yeah, you know, we're not, we're not, we we can't sit here and, and pretend that we're angels by any stretch of the imagination. But, I mean, you know, we all know that if you take a flare or a smoke bomb into the ground, you, you can get arrested and it, it's, it's, a, it's a criminal offence. So how did they get away with it? And why have the media not even bothered to denigrate them about it? I mean, I know it's the Hillsborough anniversary today, so, yeah, you can understand the sense in avoiding it a little bit today. But I really hope, you know, it's pointed out how awful that was and what they're about, because that is, I'm afraid, what they're about. OK, rant and speech over. Richard, uh, what hands- Richard, what Jonathan. is happening
2: in the studio then? They'd have so obviously seen this with the glow. Why did the television directors m- move, not have the cameras focus on it? It, it, was a, it became a, a, an, an enormous um, universal avoidance of this by, f- by the camera crew, the director, the producer, uh, and, and everybody involved with the sky uh, output. It was Double absolutely standards. despicable. Yeah, but uh, you have to make an enormous effort to avoid that because you'd see the smoke and the and the and the, the pink glow coming out i mean you just think what in they spent so much time focusing on the liverpool crowd and how wonderful it is the whole of you'll never walk alone was given a, um, a you know a, a television fanfare it was just Big close-ups of, of very unattractive Liverpudlians singing their hearts out. You know, for the whole of it, you thought, "Now, come on, let's 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 see the crowd being affected by this flare." Then nothing.
3: Uh, nothing. So Is there massive double standards? I mean, had that been Chelsea, can you imagine the outcry? Would it have, been, oh. it have been. well. That ridiculous. that's the
0: point, isn't it? It's massive I mean,
3: double standards. I mean, in fact, in fact, something. I there was there was a Twitter feed I was reading this morning. And there are quite a lot of Liverpool fans at the game saying it was bang out of order, not needed. And yeah, yeah. We were massively, respect us, respect the minute, silence. So, you know, there's, if this, but, yeah. every club has got a few idiots that yeah, exactly. are stupid. And, you know, we we have, Liverpool have, all the way down to the bottom, Notts County at the
2: bottom of the league. They've all got idiots. Exactly, exactly, exactly. exactly Somebody right, if like Somebody brought the thing in. How did they get it
0: in? Well, because no. they don't get searched oh. properly, do they? And I mean, look, if, if,
2: if, if, if
0: I'm being cynical, I would say that... Um, you know, a it doesn't fit the, the the media's agenda. Clearly, they they're going for us like you wouldn't believe. And you know, we've shot ourselves in the foot, and and to a degree, we deserve some of it, but not quite the appropriate. Uh, uh, you know, the, appropriate. God, I'm struggling. Thank you, John. I'm struggling tonight, aren't I? <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, we, bottom line is we are not we are not completely innocent. Uh, most of us are, but some of us aren't, as Dan was saying. But I also think there's another thing at play here, and that is. Uh, it's just almost willful myopia, you know, they they don't want to see it because they've got their f- tongue so far up Liverpool's collective arse. And the other thing is, of course, is that I think they're frightened of them because the minute you criticise Liverpool
1: fans in the media, well, you yes. get absolute dog's abuse, don't you, yes, Tony? Yes, you do. Of course you do. And, and uh, you know, I've, look, you know, we all know how tragic Hillsborough was and uh, and that sort of thing and and you, you always end up in this this whole situation of what battery I mean there was another event that they were involved in that barely gets a mention in this country and um, which I think you know as I recall you know they, they tried to divert the attention to say that that particular event or incident was was because Chelsea fans infiltrated it and yeah, I, um, know. I know and, and, I, and I really thought we'd all moved on from that a little bit mm-hmm. um, but the whole thing with yesd Um, It's the same as when a streaker runs on the pitch. I've got a bit of a Danny Baker attitude in this one, which is like, show them. They look like idiots, so show them. You know, humiliate them. Um, But there seems to be this thing that as soon as there's a bit of a scuffle or a fan runs on the pitch, away go the cameras. As if, as if... You know just the very act of viewing it is going to encourage more people to go and do it which is bloody stupid it's just a ridiculous thing and yet when players are having handbags with each other yeah their cameras all over them and i think in this particular case there is no question that the the, the, the media and um, pretty much like any of us are probably running a bit scared is too strong a word but a bit, bit fearful of any backlash we get if you dare to criticize you know, um, Liverpool. Simply I think because... that's always gone on, Tony. Well, I think, it has and I think worked, it started but... after Hillsborough, yes, quite rightly, because the media deserved a complete shooing for yes, what some did. of the, some, what some of them reported. But you know, you you can't. You go back to this thing of of um, the, the Big Brother quote, which is they are asking us to deny the evidence of our eyes. Yeah. And that was the last great thing that the yeah. party did, and and that's and it's right. what they're doing, and I think it's a, it's a very dangerous thing. Now, the BBC have have got an article up on this, their football website. Have they? Yeah, um, about police investigating the Anfield flare incident. Uh, no names have mentioned. It does mention a nine-year-old Chelsea fan suffering a panic attack as a result of the flare uh, and several other people leaving um, because of it or whatever. So, you know, there is there is potential. At least they've done it. I've checked the Guardian website, which says absolutely nothing. Um But again, you come down to this, are they just running sort of scared or whatever? Um, But I do think it is a bad, uh, oh, interesting enough, The Guardian have got a story about us launching a campaign to crack down on Stamford Bridge ticket out. But there you go. Um, uh, Good. Yeah. um, (laughs) Well, I mean, you walk down the road and it's just so obvious. Nothing's ever done about it. But in this particular case, um, I I, I would say that until everybody else moves on, Liverpool aren't going to move on. And and you know maybe the best thing is just to, just to kind of ignore it. if if we start this whole you did this yeah, you well I don't this. want to get into what no, about it I agree no, with you it, exactly and I think I mean so you know I think not not just us uh, you know the the rivalry with Manchester United and Liverpool is you know more pronounced than than ours is with them um, and I, I just think until you get to a point where. Um, you know, Liverpool fans stop singing their particular songs about Munich or whatever. Um, people just... The whole of football needs to move on from this bollocks sometimes, I think. And, and until then, I'm afraid it's a case of suck it up. I, I, you you are right, Chidge. You have pointed out one big thing that there is a, a huge uh, level of sycophancy in... Um, in the media especially the broadcast media towards Liverpool
2: yeah
1: um and uh, you you see it you only have to see it with the bias of the number of pundits that are ex Liverpool oh well, yeah 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 so any other teams I aren't. think
0: they I think they're scared of them tony I really <laughs> do I, I mean because of what happened with the sun yeah. and all of that and I think the other thing of course you need to lob in with that is the fact that you know Liverpool supporters are not like other supporters it's like a cult mate yes. it really is yes. i mean i got abuse uh, yesterday on Twitter because I replied to Ian Rogers and his hilarious he he found a bit in a paper but he's very good at this he puts up clips from papers that was going on about Gerard crying and getting on a jet uh, a private jet to Monaco to get over the slip and I said I'm crying with laughter and I got abuse from some random scousers about that who had clearly gone in to find anything they could from Chelsea yes. supporters about Liverpool, yeah. they're they're all they're fanatics. Yes,
3: they're absolute they
0: fanatics. Yeah, they make the they make the you know I better not say this because I'll get into trouble. But they're fanatics. I'll leave it at that. Yes. right. Okay, uh, rant over. I'm glad we mentioned that. And by the way, um, I know that several of pe- the people that we know know the mother and the uh, young lad involved. I'm not going to name them, but uh, they know the young lad involved in this. And uh, so if they're listening, and in fact. For all I know she may be listening, and if she is, uh, I just want to send our heartfelt uh you know warmest wishes to her son, and it's awful having to go through that and, and we feel very bad for you and as I said, i hope he I hope he's feeling better by now, and I hope that it hasn't put him off going to football right um talking of which uh let's let's um let's bring it right back down again, shall we no I'm I'm, I'm I'm kind of only partly joking because I think it's a it's a valid question to ask really, and that is are are Chelsea just simply not good enough at the moment? I mean, I've I, there's some brilliant uh bit of stats that have been kicking around, and the boys know this because they've got it in the script. But you know, our form against the top nine teams this season away, we've lost to City 6 0, Liverpool 2 0, Spurs 3 1. We've still got to play United, uh, Arsenal, who are in six, we've lost 2 0. To we've got Leicester in. Uh, our last away game, uh, and uh, they're in seventh. We've lost to Wolves 2-1, who are in eighth, and we've lost to Everton 2-0, who are ninth. In terms of um, if you do like a top table of the uh, you know, the top six, we've pretty much played them all by United, as you know. So we've played nine, we've won three, so we beat uh, City at home, as you know, Spurs at home and Arsenal at home in the first match of the season. We've won three. We've lost four to City away, Liverpool away, Spurs away, Arsenal away. Uh, we drew against United, as you know, Uh, we've scored 11 goals, we've let in 18, we've got basically 11 points out of 27. So I think it's a valid question, you know, are we where we are for a reason? Uh, You know, are we really good enough? Are we able to compete with these teams? I mean, where does it leave us all? I mean, my own feeling on this, chaps, is that, you know, like I said, I've been trying to be really balanced tonight because, I think ultimately the result was terrible because for all the reasons we know, but I don't think the performance was necessarily as bad as it feels, Jonathan.
2: Um, I don't know. I'm just very confused about everything, Chich, to be honest. Me too, mate. I think it's age, Jonathan. Do you think that's what it is? You think, I think you know, it I might th- be. I, don't know. I think it might be a... Um, uh, a rather my dementia per- A percussive brain actually not that, <laughs> not that my brain is about to Explode but um, uh. um, Just because um, uh, no, Perhaps the age thing is, is Correct in that you've seen so much football That after a bit you, you look for the, the, the positives amidst A, a probably dreadful performance um, uh, But yeah I felt there was a plan In the first half which I felt we did Quite well I felt that uh, a doy was completely wasted because there was nobody playing in the middle for him to aim at. And as you say, he may have been overawed by the situation. But um I, I, I went into the second half with with belief. I thought we'd actually had a bit of a plan. It wasn't a didn't appear to be a cerismo plan at all, though they do occasionally um surprise me by playing four or five excellent little passes in a kind of diamond. And you think, is that cerismo? I don't know. Um so uh i i'm sort of i'm beginning to lose to lose the the idea of what we're supposed to be watching now so uh, um, uh I, I'm, I you know I, i'm the, in the end i i i I think as many of us are saying, I just want the season to end and everything to unfold as it will um with you know will we end up having a transfer ban will we end up with a new manager um It does seem immensely peculiar to me that that players with such excellent um, abilities, like Dave playing uh, defensively, one of the best defenders in the league as he's been over the years, um, cannot play the Cerismo way um, because he can't get forward enough and he can't centre, as to whether or not we we should actually be pursuing this at all. And I I don't have the same um, despair about the manager as both Tony and, uh, and Dan do, but I, I uh, it, it's it's been such an up and down season with things not working with these. And, and as we say, the losing to all the top teams above us is just something we're not used to watching mm, Chelsea yeah. over the last 15 years. And so um, we're bound to leap in immediately and, and find fault. But there are occasions when you think, well, actually, what he did there seemed to work. I mean, I'm intrigued by Hazard saying he's never actually felt so um fulfilled under any any other manager so what what what's he saying to him that seems to work and could it be down to something as pathetic as if they'd had a striker all season um who was really top class if they'd had a costa would we not be having it would be having these conversations is it down to a couple of players and cerismo Mm. might have worked or would it been easier for him would he have become more accepted um uh, I, 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 I'm, that's why I'm, I'm confused and bewildered because I, I felt this, I felt that we didn't play very we didn't play well in the first half we contained them but because we haven't been playing all that well I, I, I sort of my 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 desires were were lessened you know my I I find myself thinking phew we've got to half time at nil nil that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty good uh, well, you know what I mean rather than go. I do hey, we
1: I wounded. do but in- you know, you know I'll, I'll let Dan say his piece before I say my piece. I there's, think. A,
2: there's a there's a touch of that going on for it, but um, uh, I, I, I well, we're going to get onto this, but I, uh, I uh, w- w- when are we going to talk about the sorry tactics, his players, and bad well, board decisions? I mean, I think is we already are, Jonathan. We, can I we mean, fold them into this. Well, I think that's
0: what we're kind. Of, I mean, they were just like my random thoughts, really. But I mean, I, I, yeah, one yeah. thing I would say, you know, is that. I I know what you're saying about the striker, and I think there could be a lot of truth in that. But one thing that's abundantly apparent to me, and this is also not completely black and white either, and I'll tell you why in a minute. But right now, it's abundantly clear to me that Sarri, Jorginho, and Higuain, who you can, are all, you know, umbilically linked, just don't seem to have what it takes for the Premier League.
1: Yeah. But you could also
0: argue next year. One or two out of those three might, and that's therein lies the problem. Because yes. you know, Sarri, Higuain, and Jorginho would not be the first players yeah. or managers who struggled in their first year. Yes, yeah.
1: I agree. And I, I sorry, sorry, Go on, Tony. Yeah, well, I was going to say, I think the only one. I mean, I think Higuain looks absolutely massively. Uh, like, yeah, I think he's, he's. What's the television phrase? Jump the shark. He's never coming back from wherever he is at the moment. Um, I'd you know, agree with that. I think Georgino could could be useful. I, I think if he decided that he wanted to be a bit more Fabregas like, um, and and um, and whatever, then I think he's, there, there's hope for him. You know, other people have seen stuff in him, um, and he's being asked to play in a system, um, which for me doesn't work in the Premier League and will never work I will quote you what I said unless you the have team. the right
0: players I think uh, uh, well, Might I, like City but, do.
1: but this is a Matt um, we, we can't lift and shift Napoli into our team no we can't. I agree with that okay? uh, and what he did at Napoli maybe would well have been fantastic but you know let's compare that you know Napoli are where in comparison to every other team in the Premier League Juve are probably in our top six but then where are Napoli um and I look at it, and this is what I said: I don't like football because of systems. Systems have got nothing. I fucking hate systems. I get bored shitless with tactics. When people start talking to me tactics, they might as well be accountants talking to me about tax returns. I like football because of players. Players who are allowed to run with the ball and are not ordered to pass it after one touch. Players who are allowed to get in the face of opponents. Players who are allowed to create. Players who are allowed to try things. Players who sometimes succeed and sometimes fail but learn. Okay. That's what I want to see. And I don't see it. And for him, the comment he came out with yesterday about, you know, go, go back three months. We wouldn't have got to 70 minutes in the, the position we were in yesterday or whatever. Absolutely disgraceful. I mean, if any coach, if Conte had said that, we'd have been giving him absolute pelters. I'll tell you something else, right? He forgets that we played Liverpool and we got to 92 fucking minutes at Stamford Bridge leading them until Sturridge stuck a wonder goal in so he's talking bollocks. He's absolutely unmotivated. He's demotivating. There's no connection to the fans. He's absolutely looking that he won't look at the camera. It, it, it's, it's, it's like a, what's it Danny Baker uses the phrase? He's got a waxy pea-sized little heart that writes down something when we score a goal. Get, I just, it's, you know, To me, the, the buck stops there. Tony, before you before you yeah, spontaneously yeah. combust, and I told you, uh, my my Italian friends that I sit next to, and you've met them, Tony, and the yeah, school, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their nickname and the the nickname that his family have given to him because they're all Italian, they call him the Hospital Porter because yeah. of the looks. Yeah, I'm yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's my. I know, I know.
0: Just wrong Listen, hospital. I'm just going to read you. D- Dan Levine wrote a really good piece today about all this, and uh, you know, and I think he sums this up really well. What you're saying, and I think that that kind of lack of ambition. Or lack of awareness. And you're right, you know, we, we had the beating of Liverpool earlier in the season. Uh, I mean, I know what he's saying. I mean, you've got to take what Sarri... Sarri is actually very honest in some respects. And you need to take him literally. And literally three months ago, we were absolutely rubbish. And perhaps he was right about that. But I think Dan's point is really good. He said, Chelsea should have been perfectly able to make it into the top four. And to fail to do so is a shortcoming, which would generally cost the job of any boss. And here's Sarri's final problem. To admit this as a failing is to admit he doesn't have the ability needed for the job. And to fail to admit it as a failing is to admit he doesn't have the ambition needed for the job. Whatever the case, the only way Chelsea look likely to make any real improvement involves a salary-free scenario. And that, given what we've seen, shouldn't come as any big surprise come the season's end. So Dan has nailed his colours to the mast there. But I think, danny has got a good point, hasn't he? Yeah,
3: I, you, I mean, he just, just doesn't inspire at all. I mean, the, the bigger picture is we are where we are. If you look at our, our league position since the Champions League, I think our average is between four and, a half and fifth, despite two titles. Yeah. So we probably are where we are because yeah. the, you know lack of investment, lack of decent players. There's a whole, there's a whole raft of reasons why. But sorry for me, just I uh, just it just, just, just don't, don't, don't like him. I just. Yeah. You got,
0: either like him or you don't, and I get that.
3: And, and that un... that's a, yeah, you, right, know, that... you know he, he said we did well to lose. Well, I don't I mind mean, just saying that. I will mean, just to be proper like. Yeah. Angry yes. And yes. But well, that's what we're
0: used to. And I mean, he you never, know, there, there, there's, there's a, in a lot in line? this dan. There's yeah. a lot in this dan and I and I just wonder, you know, I mean, as you know, I am you know, I'm a psychotherapist in a day job and I and I'm very intrigued by what goes through people's minds when they're thinking about this. And you know, another thing that's occurred to me is that on the one hand, you know, have we just become a bit too entitled or or is it just that we're really cross because we we hate losing to a vile team? Or <laughs> Or is it proof, if we're beginning to accept this, is it proof of how far we've fallen, which is kind of what you're, you guys are alluding to? I well, mean, there's well,
1: a lot going on here, isn't it's there? There's a little bit. I would say one thing. I would be more inclined to back Sarri had I seen progress, and that's exactly. what I haven't seen. OK, we can't say he, did never, he, didn't have a, he didn't have a pre-season. He's had 30 games, OK? He's had more than that, OK? And I've seen zero progress. I can't say that any player has progressed. Maybe Calum are doing, maybe Ruben's his cheek Any of the others progressed? I don't think so. And, and and I don't see us progressing as a team. I don't see us progressing with any spirit or with any passion or with any as, as what Dan said any motivation. And that's the bit that's missing for me. That that's all part of his job. Okay. And like you said you get he can be very professorial like um like Wenger. Okay, but look what happened. You know, after their initial cut of the you know, they, they started to drift quite badly towards the end. Um, well, that, that little league table I did, Tony, looks positively Arsenal-esque, doesn't it? Yes, it does, exactly. So, I, I, I've said enough, and it's time for JK, but, you know, it's the, no, it's the lack don't... of progress. Absolute lack of progress.
3: That's what I wanted of... this season. I wanted to see him to show implement style, the style I expected one or two bad results. There's been no information, information whatsoever at in start. I don't see any of this... Wonderful, salary ball stuff. The first ten or fifteen games okay. Then we got found out, and it's, it's been absolutely dire. I mean, some of the home games have been absolutely abysmal. Some of the worst football I've seen. Yes, I understand we've got the players, but good coaches adapt to what they've got. Yes, he says he, he says he doesn't need transfers. I can coach, Well, I ain't seen either. To be honest, I mean, mm-hmm. he got he got he got his man, with Jorginho. He's meant to be his go-to man. jorginho has been found out. He's not at the moment ready to Premier League. No change. No. Jimmy has like like substitutions. He hasn't influenced the game massively. Every time we go behind I just think, you know what, we're not gonna get back from this. We're gonna lose and best get a draw. When was the last time we came apart from Cardiff when we got a bit of luck? Yeah. But we come from behind and turned around mm. the game When yeah. have we gone behind and thought, you know what, this is Chelsea? I can't, I one can't nil, think I can't one think of nothing.
0: I can't think of the top of my head, Dan. Listen, I'm going to ask you all a very horrible question, OK? And then we'll put oh, that bit to bed. It is, it is awful, mate. It's I've a horrible one. It. I know. Well, that's because that's what i I You see, the trouble is, mate, when I start doing lots of radio, I learn things, OK? Which is a very bad thing for you lot. Anyway, I'm going, ask third, J- so. I'm going to ask JK first, give you two to have a bit of time to think about it. So, Jonathan, <laughs> yes. would, you rather, would you rather finish outside the top four and lose the Europa League and have Sarri go or get Champions League football and have Sarri stay? I mean, when I say Champions League football, that's either finishing top four or winning the Europa League, of course.
2: Um, I would rather qualify for the Champions League and have him stay because I can't believe um, it would be as poor uh, as it has been this season. Um, and uh, it may, but also this whole the whole um, regime may change completely depending on whether, we're, have a trans, whether we have a transfer ban or not.
0: Well, right, exactly. That's a really good point, mate. That's so, a really you know, good I, point. I think
2: that's very applicable. Um, yeah. And, and also this, this. I'm very worried about this um, demand for championship loanees to have instant access to the first team. Wow, well, oh, that's, just that's bullshit, numbers, isn't it? Yeah. So, I, yeah I'm It's I'm, all crap. I'm sorry. You Manson a good
3: is, season. He needs another Ma- Mason Mount needs a good loan in the Premier League next season. Yeah. Same with Reese James, same yeah. with Tamori. Isn't
2: had... Same with
0: Lampard and Morris.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <It's> t- <laughs> you, you know, they,
2: need, they need more experience, don't they? They
3: need they impact. do. You, of if, if, they if, you do. know what? I would like to see them both go to Bournemouth next season because Bournemouth play good football. Eddie has a really progressive coach. Yeah. I think he would be great. Yeah, look because... at Aki. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. someone like Bournemouth, we're gonna get they need thirty games in the Premier League next season. Then we talk about it. So there's too much yeah. you know, delusion I, that because yeah, they've had a I good know. time for Derby, they can jump straight into Chelsea first. Right.
0: You're going to answer but, the, you're gonna ask the... Sorry, mate. Jonathan, but, but, Jonathan sorry. But go, but on, on, mate. go on,
2: mate. I'm going I'm, to make... I suspect that Sarri may be the kind of man who will say, uh, I, if it's not working for him and he doesn't think he can make it work, he might jump ship, you know.
0: Is he, are, you, are you his agent?
2: Do you think he'll come
0: out and say in a press conference, I'm sorry, it's just not working for me, and storm
1: off? (laughs) Oh, nice one, Chish, nice one. Brilliant. Brilliant. In a sense, but he seems to be that kind of
2: cerebral bloke. He might just. Oh, like you. Obviously. uh, Very sweet of you, but thank you. uh, uh, I think I was. uh, my brain cells are as atrophied as your, yours are. Tonight.
0: Well, I know you and I. I tell you, mate, we like we like Walter and Statler. I
2: think in uh, in, in the in future podcast. We were on podcasts. Friday, and uh, Marco was being fantastic. Marco was brilliant on Friday. He guy. was, not he? He was superb. And I was just thinking, I can't speak tonight. I don't, I don't think I'll bother. <laughs> that was much the so same, I, I chipped in with what did I say? I, what, what ridiculous thing? He said that his mother know. was called Molinari. And I said, Did you That's know that right. that meant she worked in a mill? He, he, he looked at me as if I was a complete idiot. So, well, I,
0: my only contribution was to get really cross about something. And that was about it. I nearly yes. exploded. Right. So uh, Jonathan says he'd rather get in the Champions League and sorry to stay. But obviously, it's the transfer ban is. Uh, a bit of an outlier there, Dan. What about you?
3: Um, absolutely, I want to. I win a trophy. I mean, you know, as much we hated Benitez, he won a trophy, and winning a you know winning a trophy, whoever's in charge, is still another trophy. Um,
0: so you want you want him to stay if we get Champions League.
3: I want to win a trophy. That's the question. The
0: question is. The question is. Uh, would you rather finish outside the top four and lose uh, the no, Europa I League, I
3: wouldn't, I wouldn't and sorry to go? November, so it's fine.
0: Yeah, you you want you want to have your cake and eat it too. That's the Dan Silver I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, right, <laughs> Tony at, Tony Glover. Yeah. Would you rather finish want, outside the top four want, and lose I want that, the Europa I League, and sorry to go? Or do you cake. want to have Champions League do, football and that have him stay?
1: Cake. I want, um, you can You you, you two know, have got splinters so far up your arse. I, I know. I know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be adversarial here and say, um, yeah, out of the top four and lose the Europa League simply to get this arsehole out of my club. Yeah. Hit a reset button, transfer oh, ban yeah. or not, and get somebody in who's um, who who's adaptable, um, who will engage. And connect and reconnect the club with the fans because I think that's gone. I do. I genuinely believe that, that that is part of the manager's role and he hasn't got it. And once you've, you know, once the fans, once you've lost the fans, it's very difficult to get back. Even after, you know, fabulous game against West Ham, I don't think, I can't remember anybody shouting Maurizio or anything like that. Wow. Um, everybody where I sit absolutely wants him out. And, um, and yeah. You think I, the club know and I, the I think, way? you know, I, I, Ultimately, ultimately, you know that would be our first season without a trophy for a while, wouldn't it? Because we won FA Cup last year, so, and we've had the old trophy-less season. Um, I, I just, I, I just think it, the, I want him out. That's it. That's that. So, I,
0: I, you know, I'm not going to sit on the fence either. I mean, and I hate to say this, but I, I, I'm not just not convinced he's the right man. But I think the trouble is this: I've been really mean actually, and done a classic radio thing, and i <laughs> pretty blunt. Pretty black and white question. It's way more grey than that, yeah. and I think Jonathan's got a point. I think a lot depends on the transfer ban. um yes. You know, it really, do you think the guy's right for the future? You know, is it with the players that we've got now? Is it with the transfer ban? I mean, there's so many things that come into this. I, I mean, personally, um I think that we need to have a complete reset. And I don't. And I, and I look. I haven't got any. I'm really agnostic about Surrey. I've been saying this for a long time. Um, personally, I I don't think that he's proved that he's up to the Premier League this year. But of course, as I said, things do change. But um, you know, I just think that there's so many underlying things going on in the club. It needs a complete factory reset, like Marco was saying on Friday, Jonathan. Yeah. And maybe maybe it'd be better to not have
1: him if we're going to reset. The, I I, I, love, I love Dan's phrase, which is I think you've uh, you've tweeted Dan that you, you pound shop Pep. Yeah,
3: pound shop Pep. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I, I, you know that's what it is for me. There are. Yeah, I just think there are probably better options out there. Indeed. Um, All right. Going forward.
0: Okay, going forward. I just want to have this on record, by the way, because I know that everybody's very worried about the fact that we've literally committed a cardinal sin (laughs) in uh i mean i i've I've titled this what have we done i mean you know there is there is a sense of that that we might have actually given liverpool the title uh i don't quite see it like that um i mean obviously it would be awful to see liverpool win the title because they're just so insufferable as we were going into earlier but here's the thing chillen here's the thing if uh, city win all of their games liverpool won't win the title the trouble is uh City have got Spurs and United to negotiate, and Liverpool's last games are really quite easy. So we we have not helped the situation, but ultimately it's in City's hands. So let's pray that City win their remaining four games, I think it is. So there you go. So uh, much as it's tempting, it's not completely on us. Now, the last bit of this, this is an interesting thing because, you know, you may be amazed to hear me say this, but um, I don't think we're out of the top four race yet. You know, I really don't. I had a really interesting chat with Matt Beadle and Dave Seeger on the radio show yesterday. And uh, they, Dave particularly, and he's an Arsenal fan, he thinks that 75 points uh, will be enough to make the top four. And I I, I, I went all a bit accountancy, Tony, I'm sorry to say. And, you know, I I looked at my run-in. And I looked at what are the difficult matches for everybody. Now, Arsenal, as you know, have got uh, six matches. They're playing Watford tonight. They're presumably ahead. I've seen one something on Mixed. N- yeah,
3: one yeah, who indeed he got sent off. An absolute joke of a challenge.
0: All right. So that's already fucked my plan up royally because basically I went through the list and I thought, OK, Arsenal a shit away. They've got Watford away, Palace at home, Wolves away, Leicester away, Brighton at home, Burnley away. So I thought that they might lose to Watford tonight because I thought Watford are probably still quite high after the FA Cup Semi-final. They'll win against Palace at home. They'll draw against Wolves, and they'll lose to Leicester. All the other way round, they'll win against Brighton, who will be down by then, or, or or safe, and they'll probably win against Burnley away because they'll either be down or safe. But anyway, I reckon that Arsenal will get another ten points out of their six matches, so that would put them on seventy-three. Uh, United who are on 64 points at the moment and a fifth, as we know. They've got Everton away, City away, Chelsea at home, Huddersfield away, Cardiff at home. I reckon they'll draw against Everton because that's a bit of a bogey side for them. They'll lose to City because obviously we can't have City uh, not not winning every match. I reckon they'll beat us because we're shit away, particularly against bigger teams. They'll uh, win against Huddersfield and they'll win against Cardiff, who will be relegated by then. But that means they'll pick up 10 points, and that'll leave them on 74. Spurs got City at home, Brighton at home, West Ham at home. Funny how that's worked out with the new stadium, by the way, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, Bournemouth away, Everton at home, right? They're going to lose to City. Four
1: home games from five they've got. Yeah, I know. They're going to
0: lose to City because City, again, you know, can't lose a match, otherwise Liverpool win the title. They'll beat Brighton. I reckon they'll draw against West Ham because West Ham they hate Spurs even more than they hate us and I can see them turning up. Uh they'll beat Bournemouth and they'll beat Everton, but they'll get ten points and that'll leave them on seventy seven, which leaves us. We've got Burnley at home, United away, Watford at home, Leicester away. I think we'll beat Burnley at home. Why not? You know, I think Burnley might be safe by then. And even if they're not, I think we'll, be- we'll beat them at home. I think we'll lose against United away, as I said, because we're rubbish away. I think we'll beat Watford at home because that'll be like a week before the cup final. So they'll be thinking about that. And I think last match of the season, Leicester, nothing to play for. Even though Rogers hates us, I still think we might win that just to scupper things. So I think we'll get 10 uh, we'll get nine points. So less than the others. But our nine points will make us 75 points. So we would actually end up being fourth, with United third. Uh, sorry, with uh, Tottenham third, us in fourth, uh, United fifth, Arsenal sixth. So how do you like those apples,
2: Jonathan? I think uh, it's a wonderful prediction, and you've done very well. However, but you
0: don't agree with any of it. <laughs> you've all done very There's well. There's a big butt Price. coming in here. I can feel it.
2: No, I. I, I, I mean, who knows?
0: Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you
2: know, are you going to follow this up by doing a, a, an ACCA, whatever they do nowadays? Are you, are you going to put your money... God, up, I ought to, your you, money know? Like if, mouth is? Yeah. you know. I Because you, at... you should. You're very confident. It all makes great sense. But all it needs is for... Um, um, Refereeing indiv- decisions. Indiv- yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I suppose we should think of the... the uh, let's analyse what Arsenal like to do. Um, they seem to be very unpredictable in the same way that we are. So... Uh, well,
0: if they win tonight, that scuppers
2: my plan immediately. Yeah, I immediately, realize. you will know. We'll know pretty soon. We we end up in fifth if that happens. Yes, yes. Um, uh, Spurs are just likely to be, go Spursy though. I'm not watching them recently. You just think, you know, similarly to what team's going to turn up. He could it to United, but dreadful at the weekend. and just came away with a with a two-one fluke, and the Hammers suddenly pulled it out of the bag and were excellent. That bloke Anderson, who played really ineptly against us, was fantastic fantastic buy um so uh, you know and what can we say or uh, all, all of the teams could implode around us and we might then just beat everybody i mean i yeah i have no idea what's happening at the moment i can't get it he just and, and, you know what's going to happen on thursday we need to we need to well we're going to get that into that well. jonathan you know, that's a very good segue
0: of you i know I've, uh, uh, very quickly before very, before we do um Yeah, well, Paul Burgess is not confident in my confidence, and I can understand that, Paul. And he says, you're ack as fuck then, should if Arsenal win? Well, I did say that. Well, that's why
1: I haven't put it on yet, mate. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, um, Tony. Uh, I I think you've been optimistic. I do. I I don't see us beating Leicester away last game of the season. Um, You know, when we've needed to perform away from home, we've absolutely failed. Um, Mm. You know, we were damn lucky against, against Cardiff. And... Watford at home, yeah, I think you're right there. That could be like Brighton because Brighton had obviously fielded a, a slightly understrength side against us um, prior to their, um, their their game against um, their semi-final against City. United, you're right, banker. Well, I can't see winning that at all. Um, Burnley at home, well, they tripped us up at the beginning of the last season and I think you're right, they could be on the beach by then. Um, I just don't see Tottenham uh, drawing against West Ham. I don't see Man United drawing against Everton. Um, And I just think it's optimistic. It's nice. Um, You're you're right. We've got a chance. But we, you know, we could, uh, I think someone said, if we'd have just picked up four extra points this season, we'd be... You know, um, in the in the in the driving seat, be four seat. points better off, mate. Well, we would be we'd be in the driving seat, you know, and, and we wouldn't yeah. be having any of this stress. You know, we'd be on seventy points or whatever, and you know, everyone else would be behind us. But and I I just think that our inconsistency, you know, I don't go into any game, any game at the moment, thinking. We've got this one in the bag. Yeah, just, I just mean. don't, you know. And uh, well, sad. thanks, Tony.
0: You've just depressed me right again. Yeah, sorry, like, mate. Really, sorry. Was, sorry, that's God. all right. You know, it's. I've, I mean, you know, eleven years of doing this fucking show, I'm used to it, mate. <laughs> but you know, I was, I was, all, I'd all geared myself up, was feeling optimistic, thinking we could still do it. But there you go, Dan.
3: Yeah, I think we've not got enough to <laughs> consistency. I, th- I think <laughs> our best chance of getting the Europa- uh, Champions League is the Europa League. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the one. That's the one time where Surrey kind of has performed slightly better, but we've had a very, very easy run through, including the group stages. We've not really played a really top team yet, so the test will be Benfica or Eintracht in the semis. And if we get there, who's the final?
0: Let's get into that right now. When I say right now, what what I mean is after a break, because that's exactly what we're going to do. Obviously, you know, we're 1-0 up against uh, Slavia Prague. Uh, Can we beat them? Can we go on to win the cup? Uh, All this, plus a few parish notices. We'll see you in a sec. Chige. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there
2: and it's not on TV? Oh, Chige, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable.
0: Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
3: Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast.
1: Proper
0: F- F- Football Right, welcome back. Stanford Chid here. Uh, we're in part three now, so it's uh, uh, duty-bound to talk a little bit about Thursday's match uh, against Slavia Prague, second leg of the Europa League quarterfinal. Um, bottom line is we weren't too impressive, really, with the truth to be told, although I thought that Slavia Prague were a lot better than... Uh, Uh, than uh, perhaps we expected them to be. But at the end of the day, you know, this is European football and a 1-0 away win is a decent result. Good old Alonso scoring the header just to piss the trolls off made me laugh, that's for sure. Um, But I think, if anything, it's kind of proved that we can't take them lightly and uh, they've now got nothing to lose. And we know that they're a team that can fight. We know that they're a team that will be physical and they'll stick their foot in. And we know that they pulled off a very good result um, against Sevilla. So, you know, this ain't going to be easy at all. Uh, but surely it depends entirely on who Sarri's going to pick, Jonathan.
2: Um, well, he'll, he'll probably pick the, what is now the B team, which will be Pedro and William and Alonso. And um, uh, I don't know, does um, does Christensen become part of the, the A team now that he's uh, playing instead of Rudiger? Or does he go back into the B, into the B team? So um, would he give him another go? Um,
0: Can you see him picking Cahill? Because you alluded to that earlier.
2: No, it was just mentioned. But I would wonder what would happen to Ampadu because Ampadu was uh, was the next in line, surely. I
0: don't know. I don't he's know. Injured, he got injured, be- injured, didn't he?
2: He's what? Is he injured? Possibly Is he injured. Yeah, possibly, possibly. In which case, I think who he'd have to play Cahill, wouldn't he? If he's going to play the beating I think he'll give Christensen another go because Christensen was off the pace at the weekend, which I thought was a little bit peculiar considering he well he hasn't played, he hasn't much, played really. I suppose yeah to be yeah. fair um uh you'll play Alonso who was terrible but then as you say when he started playing further up was I mean they got tired um in the in the away leg because uh, they couldn't really keep it up all the in your face stuff and it meant that um uh the last 15 minutes we and when hazard and Kante came on we looked at a completely different side I mean they weren't very good let's be honest you know this is the thing about we have this championship weird, this, side. this we yeah we have this weird situation with we're talking about how our players aren't up to it and aren't very good, and yet essentially we've got a champions league team who would have would would have done it you know, probably wouldn't have got probably would have been knocked out in this round of the champions League but would have got this far and are much better than these sides. and i i, I don't think that i, I think whoever we fight we get to in the uh I've got great confidence of us winning this easily actually and um Whoever we then get in the semi-final, I think we'll will we'll not find it very difficult to beat them either. But, um, and uh, regardless of which side he puts out, I just think that they're. I, I'm not even. He doesn't even play Sarismo in that in in, um, uh, in the Europa League now. I don't even. He's not seemed to be playing anything at all like he played at the beginning of the season. So perhaps he is learning in a strange way, guys. You know, I mean, we're all going about. How he doesn't seem to make any progress, but I'm not seeing the the way that they played earlier on in the season. The best time they actually played Cerismo was against um, uh, was against Wolves in the first half, where it was the, it was fantastic, and the Everton game, and they couldn't keep it up. So you wonder whether it's easier for them just to go back into the default, which is what the, yeah. the what the B team does. B team uh, seems to do every week. But I think I, I think we'll get through, and I'm afraid I think we'll play Arsenal. Then it'll be anybody's game.
0: Well, we'll see. That's, that's leaping ahead. Although, you know, it's good to see that you're uh, quite optimistic about that. I mean, Tony, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's really imperative that we score an early goal on Thursday. Because if we score an early goal, they've got to get three. And I can't see them getting three. I really can't. No. But if we don't get an early goal, the pressure comes yes. on. Their yes. confidence goes up. They believe they can get a result. And it'll be squeaky bum for a long time. And then you're into
1: QPR. Territory when Benitez was in charge, which yeah, exactly. Goal eleven minutes from the end or whatever, Uh, uh, and you know I I think you underestimate these teams. I think that's a dangerous, dangerous thing to do because you know it's football and we know ultimately it just becomes eleven versus eleven. I think you're right if we get a goal. Uh, almost impossible then because um, I just can't see us conceding three at home um, who will Sari pick if he's got any sense he'll pick the same team that he played against West Ham um, or, or something similar and just you know uh, let the players go out and have some fun because they would have probably be feeling pretty down I would imagine um, I I, 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 I <sighs> I think it'll be an easy win, 2-0. I don't think we'll go and slaughter them. I think it'll be very much in that sort of um, area. If we do win, I think Benfica and Frankfurt both offer us very much more difficult um, uh, uh, propositions. Um, who, who's the guy in charge of Benfica? I think he's he's making quite a name for himself, isn't he? Uh, Next yeah. Chelsea manager, probably. Yeah, probably. Um, but I, I And Frankfurt are fourth in the Bundesliga. Um, so... Respect and a very attacking team as yeah, well, Tony. And they're higher yeah. than, so they're, they're, they're you know, uh, pro rata higher than us in, in, in our league or whatever or on a level. I, 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 German teams worry me, <laughs> I don't know why. I think it just goes back to the trauma of 1970. Um, there's one for the teenagers. Um, but I I, I, I think we will, I, I don't think we we'll win it. I, I think that there's going to be tougher tests to come um and i just don't think we've got the um minerals to um to go into a tough game and and see it well i think we we are very we're eggshell um, really in that sense. so
2: do you do you think if we get if they don't do well in the europa league say they were to to lose to to prague that that would definitely
1: be the end of Surrey. I, I, uh, I, I,
2: uh, I think it's as delicate as that. Personally, I think that. It's- I
1: think you could be right, but I think there would be, you know, if if a disaster should happen and you know we end up with, uh, you know, losing two one or something like that, you know, and then no matter what we throw at them, and it becomes a bit of an England Poland, you know, they've got a goalkeeper in there like um, whatever the guy's name was, said was it? Um, I, you know, if, if that happened. I've said it before, I think, J.K., I, there's, there's basically bugger all point in changing anything now. You're not going to get any Solskjaer effect from any other player coming in um, uh, or, or any other coach coming in from now to the end of the season. I, I think actually what you do... Um, and you don't, well, as much as I dislike him, don't don't phone him up when he's on the stairs at Leicester and say you're out of a job. Um, but you know, get get it over clean quick. And I think you mentioned it earlier on. I think you know the, there needs to be some hierarchical changes. But you know, we'll get a clearer picture as things stand. We're on a transfer ban. We can You know, they're not going to give us the what was it the appeal uh, leave of appeal or whatever. Um, uh, but yeah, I I you know I I, I think you're right. I think that would just be the straw that breaks the camel's back, but the, the straw that breaks the camel's back won't be applied until season's over.
0: Um, I mean, you know, I mean, what is it? 4-2 to Benfica at the moment, isn't it? So, you know, that's a really tough one to call as to who goes through with that. I mean, you know, I could see Frankfurt getting a result there. Uh, but there you go. Dan, how do, how do you see this going on Thursday? You're going to be there.
3: Um, I think we should have enough to, to you know, to scrape through. Um I don't think it's going to be particularly enjoyable. I think it'll be a, as Tony said, a, a two-nil, maybe a two-one. I think we will probably in the goal, but I think it'll be, you know, uh, a, a painful death by a thousand passes. But we'll win. Mm.
0: Okay. And what about what about the uh, the cup as a whole? Do you think you think we can beat either Benfica or Frankfurt and get through to presumably uh, Arsenal? Well, or Valencia well, or Villarreal.
3: They won't Napoli off just yet. It'd be a hostile yeah. atmosphere. Arsenal don't travel very well. And we've known from experience they were a decent side. You know, did you see Napoli yeah. play last season? I think we... <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't, funnily yeah. enough. <laughs> I have a feeling... <sighs> Benfica or Eintracht were our first real test. We've had a very easy route. Yeah, we had an easy group. Um, I'd get to final and then who knows? Look at Munich. You never know. Mm.
0: You never know, do you? All right, well, we shall soon find out on Thursday. Right, well done, chaps. Quick few uh, parish notices here. One that's unscripted. I got a a text message from the lovely Mark Meehan, uh, who is Eddie McCready's Blue and White Army on Twitter, who uh, always does a fantastic job in answering our Chelsea fan cast quiz on Friday nights on the Love Sport radio show. So well done, Mark. Uh, Right, he says, Hi, Chidge. Uh, if you can on the, uh, flag, plug on the plag, plug on the fancast. I've got. <laughs> I, I said plag not clag. Oh no, I know. Like, anyway, if the claggy on the waggy, as the jury would say. <laughs> if you can, uh, if you can plug on the fancast. Have got canners and spackers down to Wilson FC on Saturday night, at seven thirty p.m. for a Q and A. Tickets are twenty five quid and can be obtained from Wilsden, uh, WilsdenFC dot com. Or, if folk want to make a day of it, as Chelsea don't play till Monday, Wheelston are at home at 3pm to Dulwich Hamlet. So, come to the game, stay behind for the night with two Chelsea legends. Uh, what a great idea. That's great um, Now, I'm going to make a quick announcement here, because I've been talking to young Mr Cannaville, uh recently, and uh, I have agreed... Uh, well, I didn't agree. I asked him actually. I, you know, that basically the Paul Cannerville Foundation are going to be the Chelsea Fancast's official charity partner. Oh, cool. Well, so, how about that? So, we're going to do a lot of work uh, wow. kind of publicizing Canners and his foundation and working with him to promote what he does and hopefully get him on here regularly to talk about that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. That's what I thought. I I love Paul, as you know. He's a a great bloke. He was the star of our party, wasn't he, Dan? Oh, he's
3: brilliant. Yeah. Lovely guy.
0: (laughs) He was brilliant. Yeah. In fact, I met, uh, funny enough, I met one of my old, 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 old mates, uh, yes, uh, the weekend in the pub. And uh, he was talking about Canners at the party, saying what a brilliant uh, bloke he was and how he said he was a bit starstruck, but he thought he was great. Anyway, we should move on. Uh, Other worthy causes are available. And one of them, of course, is uh, the wonderful uh, Gary Wilson, who's at G Wilson CFC uh who of course uh was the father is the father of the lovely Kirsty who very sadly died a few years ago from cancer she was a lovely beautiful girl anyway he says help us again chelsea fc and all footy fans my son is running the london marathon with kirsty on his shirt for children with cancer uk charity if you can spare whatever for this cause as he's a bit off his target retweets are welcome from all proper chels go to virginmoneygiving.com and search for dale wilson supporting children with cancer uk vlm 2019 so there you go uh quick shout out for the chelsea supporters trust um You may or may not be aware, but the survey's out at the moment. The annual survey open to anybody who's a Chelsea fan. It's only open until Easter Monday, uh, the 22nd of April. So you've got a week to go uh, to fill it in. Please fill it in. It's very, very important because it uh, it gives us a mandate, really. It kind of forms what our policy is for the next year. And it allows us to, uh, to continue the good work that we do. And, of course, it truly represents your views about the issues regarding the club. And, of course, we take it to the club. So, you know, we get to uh, take all the results from the survey to them and talk to them about them. So things like you think that the ticket prices are way too high is a really good thing. And things like, uh, you know, you want safe standing everywhere. You know, this is what you need to put in so that we can go to and say, this is what the fans want. So why aren't you doing it? Anyway, uh, other than that, join, join up with the Trust. Get your voice heard. Free to join up to be a member. But if you want a badge and you want to be able to vote and attend the meetings, then it's five quid a year. Uh, sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com. Bring my badge down. with you next time, Chich? Monday. Yeah, I was <laughs> yeah. asking JK because I've got one sitting here, actually. And I was thinking, ah, is that Jonathan's or is that Tony's? So no, I'll it bring it along on Monday. Yeah, I'll bring it along on Monday, mate. Brilliant, mate. So there we go. If you want the badge, pay your five quid. It means you can vote in the elections. You can attend the meetings. I'm sorry to say that there have been very few meetings this year because we like to have them on a match day after the match. But because uh, the matches have all been moved to Sundays, it's been impossible to get venues booked. It's been impossible to get them scheduled in advance. It's been a nightmare. So it's kind of, I should say, sorry that we haven't, but it's kind of out of our hands, really. Uh, so there you go. Uh, you can find the survey, by the way, um, at uh, at this address, surveymonkey.co.uk forward slash R forward slash CST underscore survey19. But it's on the Chelsea Supporters Trust website, which is chelseasupporterstrust.com. So just have a look there. Fill it in. Really important that you do. Uh, now, Patreon. Don't forget, if you like what we do, you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron and help us cover the cost of running two shows a week and uh, continue to produce what we do Believe is a rather unique and special podcast on all things Chelsea. Uh, Donate whatever you want. There's no pressure. As little or as much as you want or none at all. It really doesn't matter Um, if you want to join in. There are benefits to doing this. I mean, you know, you can have quick chats with me about stuff, life, you know, whatever. You can get any, uh, you know, if you want to get something said on the podcast, that's a good way of doing it. Um, I've also got some other plans that I will let you know about very soon. And, of course, we let you know exclusively or first on Patreon. So it's a good thing to be involved with. And you can find that at Patreon, P A T R E O N.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. Uh, and of course, another very worthwhile group is the Chelsea Pitch Owners, who of course own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim it is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will always remain playing at Stamford Bridge. And uh, to find out how to buy a share, uh, you can go to info at ChelseaPitchOwners.com. Uh, or chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners follow them on twitter at pitch owners the shares are about 30 40 quid a pop so they're much cheaper than they used to be and uh, finally 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 the latest issue of cfc uk is out there will be one more this season i know this because the deadline for me to write my article is friday uh, but you can get the cfc uk fanzine on the stall uh, at match day which is opposite full and broadway's uh, entrance to the Tube, or from any of the sellers uh, who are around uh, the Kings Road, or sorry, the Fulham Road, should I say. Uh, you can also get it away. Uh, they're often on the trains or in the stadiums, around the ground. You can uh, buy it off them there. Or you can get it digitally by going to cfcuk.net uh, cfcuk.net, and if you're in the USA, just follow at CFC UK USA and find out how to get a copy via that. Right. Coming up, uh, last part of the show, and a few decent emails. We'll see you in a sec.
2: Fans real opinions.
3: I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea FootballFancast.com
0: Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea fancast. We're on the home straight. Uh, We've had to say goodbye to Dan in the break. Dan's got a a meeting he has to go to. He's working late, the poor lad. Uh, But always lovely to hear Dan's dulcet tones, and we'll be seeing him on Monday at the match. Right, uh, okay, let's get straight into this. Um, I'm going to read the first one, JK, and I think there's four this week, so it's evenly split. Uh, Right, this is from Crew Bennett who says, Dear Chidge and the gang, Uh, this is my email of the week, by the way, uh, which is why I'm reading it. Uh, I've been listening to you all now for quite some time and I finally stopped being so lazy and decided to send you this email. First of all, thank you for the effort you all put in to produce this podcast. I'm always excited for the new one each Monday. They make my day so much better. I wanted to lend my two cents on matters and hopefully not take too much time take up too much time even i'm an american supporter who fell in love with this club ironically in the 11th uh the 2011-12 season when we were busy doing the double you all have been talking about what makes you love the club and for me it's literally something i can't explain uh, i just knew then and there watching that fa cup semi-final versus tottenham that i love this club and would for the rest of my life uh crew i think watching chelsea beat Spurs 5-1 in a semi-final at Wembley is enough to make anybody fall in love with Chelsea, uh, including Spurs fans, obviously. Uh, Anyway, we've come quite some ways from pulling off an FA Cup and Champions League double, and understandably supporters are upset. I used to enjoy going onto Twitter to see the different Chelsea opinions, but now it all seems so hostile and negative. I'm not saying that we should just be happy with where we are currently, but regardless of who you... Think we should hire as a manager or a director of football or who should be our next signing. Just support the club. It seems like that gets lost with everybody trying to push their agenda on social media. I wish the people would set things aside and just back the bloody club. Seeing Chelsea play is one of my greatest joys in life. But that's just the opinion of a guy who will still gladly wake up to watch the Blues regardless of what's going on. Anyway, enough rambling. To summarise, win, draw or lose, up the Blues. Quite right. Win or lose, up the blues, mate. Thank you for your time, Crew Bennett. Um, Jonathan, I I mean, I think this is actually a really interesting point. It's it's a point that a lot of people have been making recently. Um, And do you know what I'm really intrigued by? I'm hearing from uh, more overseas fans about, you know, win or lose, up the blues. You know, you're there to support the club and it's not about the results and all of that. I'm, I'm hearing that far more from overseas fans than I am from domestic fans which is rather odd, isn't it? Because it used to be the domestic fans that would always be saying win or lose, up the blues. Very odd. Perhaps they have a dip- going different
2: on? philosophy overseas to sport. But I, I, he says, though, he was attracted to uh, to the, the, the team winning the double. So it, it's slightly at odds with his saying win or lose, up the blues.
0: Well, he has to start somewhere because he's from the States. I know, but, but I think the point is we, that he's we, not he, attracted
2: by us winning everything every year. No, but if we keep losing, then nobody will be attracted to us, will they? So you... You've got to have your uh, your time in the sun, haven't you? You've got to oh, no. you've got to win. Um, but I, I I don't know. That's why I suppose I don't um, um, I, I don't have the extremes of uh, of, yeah. of passion about the club that um, that other people do in this in in this country. But. Uh, um, Perhaps it's, as you say, perhaps it's a, a, a nationwide thing. It's to do with with, with watching the team regularly. I've, I do feel inundated occasionally by the amount of information about watching the team. I, I understand much more about what's going on on the pitch than I ever did, thanks to Twitter, thanks to tacticians. Um, and, I, and, and sometimes I yearn for the days when I really didn't know what was going on. I just wanted the team to win. So perhaps, perhaps it's that. Perhaps it's uh, yeah. we're, we're, we've all become more understanding of the game um and and it's interfering with our real enjoyment which we just should be accepting the fact that if they lose they lose if they win they win but i I don't know perhaps it's a it's a terrible competitive cojones thing the older you get i try and suppress it but perhaps you just want you perhaps we're all secretly uh, vlad the impaler or attila the hun and we just want our team to win non-stop, regardless, perhaps it's that I don't know anymore, I'm talking bollocks I'll shut up
1: uh, Tony, what do, you, what do you think? Well, I, I mean I, you know what, I I think everything that, that he says was always there, it's just that social media gives that an outlet that it never had before so it could just appear that everyone's being negative or hostile or and, and you're seeing arguments that that would have happened in pubs or um, you know, in phone calls or yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe go back to sort of like in thirties, it might've happened in letters. People write letters, your team is shit. You know, you came down here and did this. I it, I, I I just think it's so much more instantaneous now. I don't think you know you could, you could come on here and, and, yeah, and think Christ, they're all so bloody negative. We're well, not really. I mean, we're still going to the games. We're still having a crack. I mean, I've watched uh, I've watched some uh, humongously shit performances this season. I'm still renewing my ticket. I'm still going to go um, and and try and enjoy myself. I, I think. The one thing that's happened to me is, is I basically don't give a shit about any other team or any other football match and will only occasionally have another game on in the background. I, I, I don't stake anything in it. Um, and this season has proven to me that I can watch Chelsea games on an almost standalone basis without the worry and stress of of what it means to us in the league. But that's possibly, Chid, because we've lived through everything. Yeah, um, you know, as, as long-term supporters, we've seen stuff that, you know, I, I feel a bit, a bit like the guy at the end of Blade Runner. Now I've seen things that would blow your mind. You I've know?
0: seen things you people have
1: never That's seen. That's right. Yeah, and and I think moonbeams on the edge of Orion. That's right. Sure. And I, I think I think there's a little bit, of you know, that the older we get, and I, I, so I kind of get the point. But I think really. All, all that's happening is that this stuff is far more open, and social media has enabled that. And in some cases, it's much, much better because, as JK said, you get a better understanding of the game. It's nice to see other opinions. It can open your mind if you've got a, a mind that's, um, uh, yeah, sort of like um, flexible enough to, to to be worked on or whatever, or, or open enough to see a different point of view or empathise um, that you possibly would. Uh, and yeah, there's some bad stuff about it, but I think it's, that's all we're seeing. We're just seeing that.
0: I think, you know, one thing I take away from it, and I mean it, I, I I see a lot of this kind of attitude is that, you know, you support the club. I mean, you know, it's best summed yeah. up as win or lose, up the blues, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and I see there's a lot from from more recent supporters. I see it on Twitter as well, and, and a lot of them from overseas. And if anything, I'm thinking, what a good job we've done in educating them, because that used to be the mantra we used to come out with all the time. Yeah. It's something that I learned from, from CFC UK and from DJ in particular, and, of course, my own experience of going to the matches, which is that, you know, it's a great day out with your mates on the beer ruined by 90 minutes of football. So, therefore, <laughs> you learn to not not give a shit about the football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, and I mean, the last time I saw you, Tony, in the cock, uh, I've hadn't. i, I I've missed more games this year than I have done in 20 years. I've not actually even been to an away game this year. Yeah. Now, now, that ironically, in a time when people are long it, longing it off because they can't stand it, I, I've only missed them because I've been working. Yeah. So yeah. I I hadn't seen you lot in the pub. In fact, you you you, you were you know, you, you, you said we didn't you didn't recognise me when I turned up you lot. No. And it felt like that. But I, I had so much fun, it just reminded me of why I love going. I mean, okay, it helped that we, we beat uh was it West Ham? Yeah. yeah. It helped that it was a great match and and you know, all the rest of it. But actually the the real joy of it was just being back in that manner, seeing all the faces, seeing you lot, having a few pints in the pub, catching up with you, seeing all the people at the stall. You can't replace that, you know, by watching it on the telly. And that's why we're so privileged. But I'm really heartily encouraged by, you know, the fact that these overseas fans actually get it like we used to get it. And maybe we should remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Brilliant email. That's why it's my email of the week, crew. Good work, son. Right. uh, We got a good one from Vinod, Vinod, our regular emailer, Jonathan. He's probably in here somewhere. Siege mentality. I don't know if he is or not.
2: Dear all, it's not been the best of weeks for me as a Chelsea fan. started with the video of a Chelsea fan singing about Salah, followed by the video by a black Chelsea fan. I understand that every club has fans from all walks of life. However, it still leaves a very sour taste in my mouth. One of the first podcasts I heard was the one with Paul Cannaville. He spoke about how unnerved he was when he heard racist, ab- racist abuse from his own fans. Maybe it was from people pretending to be Chelsea fans to further their vile agendas. But put yourselves in his shoes. Think how it must feel. I'm not going to dwell further on this. The weekend ended with the frustrating defeat at Anfield. It's been a trying season for Chelsea fans. I've never seen fans being so divided. I reckon Twitter and social media <laughs> do with it. Enough negativity. He's just echoing what. Uh, what yeah, we just... yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't yeah. be exposed to this sort of stuff before, I think, and so you'd be, you'd be walking around in almost, you know, ignorant bliss. Ignorant completely you know absolutely really. so you, you wouldn't savage, worry about it noble savage time isn't it yeah exactly and yeah. all i would say about the the racism thing um you know the the video that came along and 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 the and the young black fella that uh that, that got held abuse at this is this is morons um that are screaming into the void at the dying of the light that's what that's what that's what's happening these are people that are dinosaurs they are becoming um I believe less and less as as this stuff becomes less tolerated and becomes, in fact, intolerable and punishments start to ramp up and bans and all this sort of stuff. They'll find somewhere else to go and spread their hatred and all this sort of stuff. But, um, you know, I'm afraid it's still there, not just uh, against, um, you know, black people or. Or um, uh, Muslims, you know, it, it's it's LGBTQ people, you know, it it it'll, it's just idiocy, and um, you know, you know, you should just try and well, not ignore it, but acknowledge it, but um, you know, be aware of the very fact that it's a huge minority, it's a it's a, they are insignificant shits, basically.
0: But you're you're right, Tony. In many respects, in fact, all respects, I would say. But I think the the thing that you're particularly right about is that, you know, twenty years ago, those blokes in a pub, uh, nobody would have known about it. You you and I might have been in the pub and we would have just like ignored them yeah. because you just think oh, you complete muppets and you would ignore them. But they. For some ungod-known reason, decide to film it and stick it on Twitter, which tells you about the prevalence (laughs) of social media these days and how stupid and insidious it is. And because of the way social media works, everybody gets to know about it. And because of the the way that social media works, the media pick it up. And, you know, this is what happens: it becomes part of the, you know, just the behemoth, which is the news, the 24-7 news cycle, which makes. You know, a, a mountain. Well, I'm not. I'm not trying to belittle what's happening because it's it's foul. Let's not not get away oh. from that. But it just makes you. I mean, I had a I had a meltdown on Friday. Jonathan will, will you know verify this in a second. But Yannick phoned up talking, funnily enough, very much about this this young black kid who yeah. uh, got abused. Now we hadn't seen it, so clearly I couldn't comment on on something I hadn't seen. But I was trying to say to Yannick, uh, you know, how did it make him feel? Because, you know. I'm. I mean, basically, and I, I got bored of waiting for an answer from Yannick, so I just lost my shit because I'm sick of it. I'm sick of the actual racism and all of that, yeah. obviously. But I'm also sick of being a Chelsea fan and nearly every day being tarred with the same brush. Yes. T- talking to friends who are not football fans and they say, "Oh, you, you're, you're, you're like with all your, all your mates must be racist. You're a racist." Yeah. You know, I'm sick of it. Yeah. Sick to the fucking back teeth of it. Yeah, and that's how it makes me feel, and I think that's how it makes the majority of Chelsea supporters who are not racist feel. Yes, you know, and and you and I, we all know it's a tiny, it is a minority. You know, it's not it's not the majority that people are liking to make out at all. It's a minority, and it sickens me, and I'm fed up with it. Yeah, hear, hear,
1: hear, yeah here, here, mate. Yeah. So
0: there you go. Uh, and Vinod, I feel for you, mate. And I, <sighs> I'm brilliant. I'm well done for echoing that and, and putting yeah, that. Yeah, well I mean, you you yeah, I mean, people out there, you, you want to get shit off your chest like this, you send it in, I'll read it out, we all will, and we'll all talk about it, all right? Good, okay. Now, this is, I've, because we, we, I, I'm, this is not necessarily um, having a go at people, we only had two emails this week, but thankfully it's given me a chance to catch up with some of the others we had to drop in the last few weeks, one of which was hilarious, and this, this is from Bud Zola, who is clearly a character. Uh, and, and, he, and, he, and he basically starts us off, a story. When Leicester won the league that famous night at Stamford Bridge, much was made of us stopping Spurs. For, and I'd like to say that uh, Bud Zola has uh, correctly spelt Spurs in the traditional CFC UK style, which is SP asterisk RS. Uh, and if you want to know, what, if you've ever read CFC UK and wondered why anything referring to Tottenham have the vowels asterisk out... It's because DJ has decided... DJ doesn't like swearing. He's always telling me off for swearing, and anybody, really, that swears. And he says that, as far as he's concerned, any reference to Spurs is bad language and a swear word, so it has to be asterisked out. So now you know. Uh, Anyway, uh, stopping Spurs from winning the league, but that notion was never at the forefront of my mind. Just a bonus. It was a bank holiday Monday... And I'd been at home to visit the. Uh, to, I'd been home to visit the family in the day, so set off from the south coast in good old Sussex by the sea. Driving to games always provides time for reflection, and of course plenty of time to think about the game at hand. Our record at home to that shower was something to behold, and hold it over them we did, with great delight. Uh, with great delight, sorry, with great delight, it had really been tested of late, though, and the games were, uh, now included that element of fear: fear of losing at home to Spurs. When Conte's Chelsea rolled over 1-3, my football self was broken for days. That was what I feared. Continuing this train of thought on the A24 through the lovely Kingsfold area, the white Nova I was following failed to straighten after a bend and collided head-on with a tr- transit van. The van ploughed into the ditch. The Nova spun 360 on its trunk and landed an estate resembling a scrunched-up Kit-Kat foil. Total devastation with twisted metal glass and debris all over the road. I took a few seconds to process what I witnessed and got out of the car. People behind me were getting out and dialing emergency services, and the two chaps in the van emerged from the ditch unscathed. I inched tentatively towards the stricken vehicle and peered in. The guy, the guy was a wreck but fully conscious. Claret all down his face. I leant in and helped, rather dragged him out of the broken window. Two words, David Bust, disgusting. Now, if anybody uh, doesn't know what David Bust is, oh, yes. Google it on YouTube. A guy broke his leg. Uh, it was awful. Anyway, I just about made kickoff by the skin of my teeth, but Jesus Christ, I was pumped up by now. Witnessing all of that and then sitting through Chelsea Tottenham was like some kind of amphetamine, especially given how in- how the game panned out. We absolutely kicked the shit out of each other. It was brilliant. I was foaming at the mouth, possessed by rage. I know that feeling, bud. Emotionally unstable. It really was a filthy game that night, and then finally we got that elation and relief when Eden maintained that precious record with his brilliance. I didn't really give a damn about the mathematical implications of the title race. They were never going to win it anyway. We just could not lose to them at home, and we didn't, and it meant so much to us all. I missed that record. Fingers crossed for another 20-odd years. Up the Chelsea. The end. Well, there we go. Powerful stuff from Mr Zola there. Uh, Jonathan. Yes. Last email.
2: Andrew Smith. Hi, team. Given, <coughs> given uh, the vast email backlog, you probably won't have time for any of my rubbish this week. Not true. Here we are. We're doing it. But in case you have a gap you need to fill, we do. Here it is. JK, at least, may well recall that back in the 60s, there was a period when regular annual matches were played between England and young England, I have a programme, Andrew, of that very match. Um, in some ways, this resembled the probables versus possibles matches some school teams used to se- use to select players at the beginning of a season. Now, with all the controversy about whether some of our current older players are past it and should possibly be replaced by our younger academy graduates, they—excuse me—there may be, well be some interest in a Chelsea versus Chelsea Academy match at the Bridge. The established side would probably be the favourite, so we'd win at least one match. Yet it would be a game where so many of our youngs, of your young stars would get a start, give the proceeds to an established charity, get the publicity machine going, and this might well focus a lot of much-needed positive attention on the club. Anyone see any virtue in this? Best regards to all, Alan Smith. I think, I think the problem is, is that I don't think the... Uh, the um, the elder pros would try particularly hard. Um and I think they do this anyway, don't they, in training who, occasionally. Who, who
1: would who would the fans support? We'd shout in Chelsea. Chelsea.
2: <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't it but wouldn't the fans be supporting the what you have it, it would be polarized, wouldn't you? You'd have all the people on Twitter who who, who yes. would be play and the we, kids, and play the youth. We'd be the Yadars, wouldn't we? We'd yeah, be, we would it'd be Yadars versus a,
1: it would be. yeah, you know?
2: Well,
0: easy. maybe that's what they should. Maybe that's what they should call it, rather than Chelsea
1: versus the Chelsea Academy. Yeah. They should call it Yudars versus Deute. Yes, yeah. that would be that would be brilliant, and I would. Yeah, I'd pay to watch to, that. Yes, I would. I'd get my best cardigan ready for that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? The blue my- Sorry,
1: go on.
0: Yeah. Well, go on, J.K. You're going to say something. No, i
2: was going to say just was that the blue and white cardigan that was all.
0: <laughs> oh, very good, very good. Yeah. Um, I think you're right, J.K. I think they do do versions of this in training. Yeah. Okay I mean it depends what manager they are I mean obviously I think it was it Conte or was it AV some, one of our recent managers basically banished the youth uh, to like the far corner of Cobham and they weren't weren't allowed to go anywhere near the first team but uh, uh, so but they're not all like that I think some of them actually utilized them as as fodder I think you this know, was definitely. a regular
2: occurrence in the 60s actually yeah it's um uh, it would happen at um I can't remember. I think they actually practiced at the bridge in the sixties. Yeah. I can't
1: remember where the uh, I think, where, where the, the training ground was. I, I know it was re-
2: some, talking rubbish. It was uh, with two teams.
1: Yeah. I so I seem to recall that Conte used to go to some of the, uh, the youth games. It was Mourinho who uh, basically oh, Mourinho. had zero right, interest you. and said it, to only bring it. them to me when when you think they're ready, and then I'll make a decision. It was like you know, it was he was very much uh, the first team. His squad. That was it. Um, I mean, you're right,
2: it was Conte very good PR, wasn't it? He was always yes. seen,
1: seen yes. in the
2: crowd, wasn't he? With his yeah, uh, yeah, with yeah. His, his, his thatch of hair growing ever longer. Yeah, I, I
1: just don't. Indeed. I am I, I, I mean, it would be good. I think JK is right. I, you know, I think this thing where, and um, my I, I digress slightly, but I, did, I remember having a conversation with a. Uh, um, uh, a friend of mine who was a rugby fan big rugby fan and he had this view that um, you know Chelsea uh, came down to play Avent and Waterlooville you know then they'd know what real football is about and I just said to him do you honestly believe that? Do you believe that gnarled professionals like Didier Drogba would get kicked up in the air by Avent and Waterlooville they wouldn't get near them no, exactly. Don't get to the top of your game, like Robert, like Terry, and all that, without knowing every trick in the book. And uh, well, I,
0: you know, I, I, Tony, exactly. I had a chat with Canners about this. You know, he still plays a bit of football now and again. You know, for the the Legends teams. And and he said, he said the thing is, is our skill level. You never lose that. You know, you just never lose that. Yeah. And he said, what we lack in pace, we we make up for and experience in experience and all the tricks in the book. Yes. Exactly. Exactly as, exactly as you've just said uh people out there great emails very good emails like that a lot uh great okay so that is uh, brilliant uh we love getting them as you know so do please send them in uh the best of them always get read out even if you have to wait a week or two so email them to chelseafancast at gmail.com and please make sure you try and get them in by monday morning absolute latest uh, otherwise you might miss the cut um so there you go right that i'm afraid is all we've got time for tonight uh, i feel i've short changed you all this might not be a two and a half hour show but there you go um will be well done well done to dan tony and uh, jonathan for making that so now uh, we will be back uh, next tuesday april the 23rd which of course is st george's day yeah. Uh, cry Harry for St. George and whatever yeah. Cry God for Harry and St. George I'll get it right in a minute Anyway, uh, Chelsea of course playing Burnley on the Monday night How rude uh, Now I'll be joined by Jonathan of course And uh, Mr. Mark Worrell If he's uh, fit for selection And uh, Joe Tweedy The Tweedmeister will be back Which would be great uh, So we'll be looking back at the matches Obviously against uh, Slavia Prague And as I've written here Obviously I've written this as it should be spoken Jonathan Burnley <laughs> have you seen that seen my typo Burnley we're, we're
2: playing Burnley on Monday it was a sub- with some black pudding conscious
1: typo wasn't it yeah, uh, yeah
0: possibly possibly was I've been to Burnley I did some filming in Burnley many years ago in fact actually funny enough I filmed at Turf Moor, interviewed Owen Coyle would you believe and I uh, stayed in Burnley it's a rather peculiar town but quite quite charming
1: in its own way I mean, it's a bit weird. It's very northern. <laughs> yes, but it's it's it's. You yeah, know. I've been there and um uh, and uh, also Halifax, which was also very yeah. Halifax is weird, um, isn't it? But was I found I found both quite endearing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I found I found Burnley endearing. I love Turf Moor, it's proper old stadium. Yeah, yeah, And they're quite friendly there, but it's just such a weird place. It's very it's very split. Are they, are they very? From-
1: Founding member of the league, aren't they, Burnley? They were, yeah. they're and,
0: grand old club I they so are, remember yeah, they but... had
1: a player called, he would now probably be called Ralph Coates, but Ralph Coates, who had one of the yes. best comb-overs. You've, I mean, it made Bobby Charlton's come over seem amateur. Indeed, that's
0: right. Leighton James, of course. Yeah. Another great Burnley player. Uh, so there we go. We'll be talking about the Slavia, Prague and Burnley games next Tuesday. Not Monday. Next Tuesday. We had people on Mixler... The last time we did a Tuesday show on the Monday saying, why aren't you up Because we are all the bloody game, you numpties. Come on, wake up. Anyway, don't forget also, of course, to tune into the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio between 7 o'clock and 9 p.m. this Friday. Join me and Jonathan and Johnny But Oh, no, it's not Johnny Burrow this week. It's Jake. It's Bubba Watson. Uh, Jake Watson, lovely bloke, uh, Leicester City fan, but we don't hold it against him. Uh, and We will be uh, digesting the latest Chelsea news and we'll be looking back at the Slavia Prague match and, of course, looking ahead to the Burnley match. Uh, phone in, join in the show, debate with us live. We love hearing you on the old dog and bone, so please give us a call on 0208 70 20 The best thing about that is I I work very hard doing a very precise running order and when you phone up it completely ruins it. So it's quite fun to just annoy me just to phone up. So bear that in mind. Uh of course you can get Love Sport on 558 a.m. uh and on the on the DAB digital channels and of course through Radio Player TuneIn or lovesportradio.com. And uh, like all of our shows it's available as a podcast shortly afterwards. Uh, on ChelseaFanCast.com, Acast, Apple Stroke, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify, plus all good podcast catchers, I believe they're called. Not distributors, they're catchers. Who knew? Uh, Right, you can follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Dan at Dan Silves73, Tony at UK. and of course, check out the website, ChelseaFancast.com. Many thanks to the Chelsea Fancast bloggers and for their regular content going up during the week, and uh, you can follow them on Twitter uh, at Jay, uh I just, well, I haven't got the, I haven't got the bloggers on there. How, how rude of me! Oh no, I, I have. I've just got it all mixed up. Uh, yeah, so John, uh, Joe Tweedy, of course, he writes for us occasionally. Uh, at CFC GWLB, that's uh, Alex, the girl who likes Bulls Churchill. Nick Stroudley at Clitheroe Blue, at Dean Mears, at CFC Nicholas, at Tosser of Coin, at Tom Got ninety five, at John To and uh, follow the regular. Chelsea fankers at goal, uh, Fancasters at goalie fifty nine. That's Clayton uh, at gate seventeen. Marco, uh, Marco obviously, and of course at Liam Toomey and OJ Harbord, which would be Ollie. Right, um, Mixler people, you've been fabulous as you always are. I mean, I know we lose a few of you when we do the emails. No doubt you have other stuff to do and you catch up with the podcast. I forgive you all. Uh, I just want to have a, a special shout out to the ever so lovely uh, Mister Mark Barfoot, uh, Esquire. A very fine gentleman. Uh, I know you've got a tough time at the moment, Mark, so our thoughts and prayers and lots of loveliness go your way from us. And uh, I, I just noticed Mark's tweet actually a minute ago. Uh, to get his back on Liverpool, uh, he said that unbeknownst to her, my Liverpool supporting wife has just voted for the Chelsea fancast on our other computer. So there we go. Uh, she's a lovely lady too, uh, apart from the Liverpool bit, obviously. And she's now also voted for the Chelsea fancaster's as Best Podcast in the Football Blogging Awards, which is what you need to do. You've only got until Sunday night, midnight Sunday, the 21st of April. Get the flaming vote out and get them in. We need to win this son of a bitch. So don't forget, vote for Chelsea Fancaster's Best Podcast in the Football Blogging Awards on Twitter, Instagram and the website. That is it. That's the, there endeth the rant and the lesson. Uh, Jonathan, as always, sublime doing a show with you. Really enjoyed it tonight. Uh, looking forward to Friday already.
1: Absolutely.
2: Me looking forward as well to it, Well done. Just, well done. Yeah. Very good, uh, very good um, discussion. Fantastic. Well mm. done, Tony. Terrific.
1: Great fun yes, tonight. it's been good uh, fun, Jake. It's always is, Jake. Even if I did misinterpret your your agreeing with me, <laughs> with you disagreeing with me. But remember, the freight reverse ferreted me. <laughs> yes, I like
0: that. I like that. Good job. We have a referee, really, yes, isn't there? It, but yeah. uh, you know, Tony, always a joy yeah, to have you fun. on the podcast. Yeah, look forward to uh, yeah. to seeing you very soon. Well, I'll see you on Monday. By the yes, looks of it, yes,
1: indeed, yes, you will.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll have a pint then. We mate. will mate. paddle a bit. I mean, are you driving up there on Monday? Uh, no, I'm being driven. <laughs> So, oh, you well, lucky I'm, son of a bitch! Yeah, I've got to drive, so I'm going to be paddling like. I'm actually, I mean, I'm in. A, I've got a real problem because I've got a lot of people turning up who are threatening to buy me a beer. Yeah, including the the random bloke who's a lovely guy actually called David, who's the season ticket holder next to me, but he's hardly ever there because he he works in Birmingham. Yeah, uh, and I bought him a pint because he bought me a pint the last time he turned up. Uh, so I bought him a pint at the West Ham game. He said, "I've got to buy you a pint for the last guy." I said, "Yeah, but I'm mate, I've got a drive. I can only have a couple." You know? He said, "Well, make sure you don't have
1: one before you get to me." I said, "Mate." That's a lot easier said than done. Well, I think but, we, uh, we shall see. We, we may have an opportunity if um, if um, Steve's thing comes off on the for the last game. That would be quite quite intriguing. Well, if let's hope that stays as a Saturday. Yes, indeed. You know, that I would get, make. Can, yeah, and then you could you're you're free. Like up. get
0: absolutely hammered, mate. Yes, indeed. Me too. I'm, I'm know, the it. only thing I'll have to do is the radio show the next day. Yeah. They 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 won't notice if I'm. No. Crazy, trust me. <laughs> OK, on right. that brilliant note, great. Sorry, go on, Tony. No, no,
1: i done, mate. That's it.
0: No, All right, well, look, brilliant to have you, Tony and Jonathan and, of course, Dan and Silver for three quarters of the show tonight. Great to have everybody in Mixler as well. Really enjoy doing this show. It, it it's just gets more and more fun. I'm, I'm, see, I'm happy now. I was miserable as sin before we started doing it. It's the therapy of the fan cast. It never fails. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree and keep it gels. Nothing Up the cool. chair!